This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Heavy Hello! That was kind of... Sorry, that was... I don't know what that was. Hello! Anyone there? Hello! Anyone out there? Can you hear us? We're like stranded in the wilderness. Hello? Hello? Jimmy? Yeah, they're, they're right here. What's up, YouTube? Live on YouTube. Podcast, Sunday night, Post Niners. I don't... I'm a little rattled right now. Been uh, quite a day for the ham pod. We're in the same location, by the way. Well, Haberman's, Com- Haberman's Comcast and internet went out. Yeah, thanks, Xfinity. <laughs> but it meant that we got to do the show in the same place. So here we are. We adjust on the fly. Thanks for having me. No problem. When do we order the DoorDash? Uh, I mean, shit, we can do it right now. You done? I'm good. <laughs> quite a day today for the show, everybody. Um, uh, I mean, the big story, Josh McDaniels goes to the Raiders. <laughs> they really stirred the thunder. Two incredible games. We did lose $3,000. Now, it was house money because we had won it, but we did lose $3,000 today. Yeah. 3000 At mybookie.ag, what, can you recap what we had today? We had just the Niners money line. That's an L. We had, I think, what we thought was the lock of the week, Chiefs money line, which was like minus 350, and we parlayed it with Niners plus three and a half. That hit. Right. Uh, that's why they say, you know, no parlay is ever safe, no matter how good you feel, because you would have said that the Niners plus three and a half was kind of the riskier one. That didn't hit. And then we had um, the Kansas City Chiefs just minus seven, which uh, didn't hit either. So that's a grand, a grand, and a grand. And then bye-bye to all three of them, and now we're uh, no more $3,000. I mean, th- that parlay had what? A combined lead of... 10 in the Niner game and 21. What was the biggest lead for the Chiefs today? 21 3. So 17, uh, 18. Is that right? Bill McPherson, Jimmy McPherson. I mean, let's just say the parlay. There was a text sent from John to me, which said, uh, I wish we'd put 5,000 on the Chiefs. And I was like, Yeah, I mean, I, I got cocky. You're not crazy. You know, John, moments like these uh, require words of wisdom. Which is why, once again, we have 730 <laughs> alpha male quotes from Middlecoff's bathroom. Let's just see if there's any words of wisdom here for everybody out there watching. Um, 
A man so shall he reap. And I know the talk is cheap, but the heat of battle is as sweet as the victory. You know, not terrible. Better like a one of those. That's Alexander K. Trenfer. It's like one of those better to have loved and lost than have never loved at all type. I books. can only speak for males. I don't know exactly what females that they read, what they do in the bathroom. But I would say our generation now with the Apple phone, in, in fairness to that book, it's safe. It doesn't get touched. Right. Because you, you, the phone goes right. In this is cleaner than any phone that's been in there. by a mile. It's, I've never read that in the bathroom, but it does look good sitting there. The alpha males. I thought that quote, I, I'm thinking about pulling another quote, but that was a pretty good quote. I think we'll just end on that quote. Yeah. You want to forward that? You want me to forward that to, you know, the 49ers? The heat of battle is as sweet as the victory. At this moment in time, well, doesn't quite feel right, but um, there you go. So where do we begin? I mean, this is, we got a little different uh, working operation here, trying to keep an eye on some comments through the podcast, react. Shanahan play calling is going to come into question on the show today. Um, the game. I mean, the game, man. The game. They were. It was. They had a seventeen-seven lead in the game in the second half. I mean, first of all, they they were not in control of the game. The Rams were in control of the game in the first half, and somehow the Niners got to halftime with the lead. With the lead, yeah, that was pretty remarkable because it felt like the Niners were getting the terms dictated to them. They had several drops. Cup had the one over the middle and was Van Jefferson deep. So the Niners going ten-seven at halftime was a big deal. But in the you have a seven you have a second half lead of ten points, that's a big deal, guy. I mean that's this game. I mean the final score was what twenty three to twenty, but this was clearly going to be a low scoring game. If I told you twenty seventeen, excuse me, twenty to seventeen. So I mean the total of points were I was like about to say forty seven is thirty seven. So that's a that's a low total. But we talked about the other day. You said if you said twenty three points, does that win the game? Yeah. If I told you at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the day that I said, Hey guy, or anyone watching or listening to this, or if I told the Rams, I don't know. They have fans, uh, people down there that wear Rams jerseys that you are down 17 to seven in the second half. I don't tell you like late in the fourth, whatever. I just say 17 to seven, in the second half, you would you have felt pretty fucking good. I mean, that's amazing. You can't ask for especially anything more in given, these games, especially given how well the Niners can kill a lead or can work with a play with a lead. He got a little pass happy. Felt like they had a couple drives in the second half where it felt like I have to maybe just feels like this gut saying this where he threw it uh, instead of just running it right away. Now it's yeah, hard. I mean, I, mean, I to me, we'll get into the, that one drive that was going to be pretty controversial. But I, I thought Elijah Mitchell, we said it all game long that sitting there on the couch, he looks good. He looked faster today than he did last week in the freezing cold. Um, obviously, Debo running back is always a threat. You know, it's not like when I think about the game, I guess Cup had the two touchdowns. You know, j- from the eye test, Jimmy ended up with the pick, obviously, at the end of the game. I, I thought Stafford was pretty fucking good. I, I know I, what was his box score, but he was hitting guys all game long in the hands. And when he did miss, how many times were his misses? Just It's going to go out of bounds, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he had a few big misses in the second half, I thought. Not big misses, but he had some misses. I didn't know. I'd have to go back and look. I felt like he was sharper in the first half than he was in the second half. But then he did make some great throws in the second half. But, but, but I'm saying his misses, yeah, if you're yeah, missing no, you're outside right. the numbers, you know, in the uh, out of bounds, who cares? Right. Not killing you. No, no. He was 31 of 45 for 337, two touchdowns and a pick. Garoppolo was 16 of 30, 232, two touchdowns and a pick. His his pick that was dropped was a bad throw by Matt Stafford. That's 
that was a play that I would say was Lions Matt Stafford. I, I didn't think we got Lions Matt Stafford today beside that play. It wasn't even a 50-50 ball. It was, what would you say the percentage? I don't care, the Jets, the Niners, any NFL team, what percentage of NFL players pick that ball? <clears throat> I mean, I would say that's probably, I'm going to say the tart, you're talking about the tart ball, I'd say it's probably a 65-35 interception. I feel like, you know, the kind of turnaround center field, backpedal, not a guaranteed pick. You think it's too low? 65% of the time it gets picked? You think you go like 75? Well, you, we were talking through <clears throat> every guy on their couch thinks, oh my God, he is backpedaling. <laughs> the ball's really high. The way it's it's probably harder than uh, most chubby guys at 37 eating pizza today watching the game, you know, with seven Miller lights in, think it is. But NFL player, he's a good NFL player. I, I you know... I don't know. I mean, Cooper Cup had a drop today. It happens. He played DB. Skoranek had a drop today. <laughs> he also, he, I mean, did he kill Cannon on the one uh, on that punt play? Yeah. No wonder they like that guy. Yeah. Ramsey had a drop. Jalen Ramsey had a drop. Jimmy hit him in the hands. The second that play happens, it was a replay of the Cowboy game. What was Jimmy's final numbers? 16 to 30, 232, two touchdowns <clears throat> and a pick. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it Look, uh, somebody they had a 17-7 lead in the second half. Hell, guy, they had a 17-14 lead in the second half. And then even after Tart's play, they were winning 17-7. They, they were, or I mean, excuse me, tied. Like they, they were only down for the last, what, two minutes of the game when he kicks a field goal? Now, granted, they were driving. They were in field goal range. but And down early. But once they got, once they tied the game 7-7 and they take the lead, they, they were never down till the end of the game. Yeah. So for the majority of the game, sitting there watching it, they were not like, I would say the Rams quote unquote were on their heels, but they were playing. They were from behind. Anytime you're just behind in these games, in these playoff games where, cause when you're behind to me in a playoff game, unlike, and obviously the Niners played in a lot of big games because their record was kind of shitty and they had to battle back. And then even at the end, right, they had to win. You do always feel that like one mistake can be fucking crippling. 17-7, what if you fumble and they pick it up and go the other way and all of a sudden it's 24-7, the game's over, right? So you're always just kind of on eggshells, but I I didn't think Stafford really played that way. I didn't even really think Jimmy did either, but the Niners, there's just a level of, you know, I just, you know, Kyle could just never totally trust him. He just didn't play. He just doesn't. No. Where, where McVay clearly is going to, the, the ship was going to go down throwing the ball with, were they, which they had an advantage doing because he's a good player. Well, he's a good player. And just their receivers against the Niners secondary is also a Rams advantage. What was Cup's final line? Uh, Beckham had nine for 113. Yeah, Cup had 11 for 142 and Beckham had nine for 130. So they combined for 20 and how many yards and a couple of 155 yards. How many? Or 255 yards. 255 from Cup and Beckham. I think that they feel good about that Beckham trade right now. <laughs> no, they just signed him as a free agent, remember? Or yeah, the Beckham edition. Twenty for two fifty-five. Yeah, that's <clears throat> and two touchdowns. That's a lot, guy. That, that that's that's an underrated just number today. And they lost Higby in the game. I, look, I thought you and I looked up at one point, and the Niners in the first half. What play was it? Oh, when they hit Ayuk for the forty-two yarder, and then they eventually Debo scores the forty-four yard touchdown. But when they hit Ayuk for that 42-yard play on the Niners' third possession, that was their 11th play of the game. You know, they never really caught up. The Rams, here's, I think, two numbers that really stand out. 
third down conversion and just total plays. The Rams ran 76 offensive plays. The Niners ran 50. Jesus Christ. 26 more plays? 26 more plays. The Rams were 11 of 18 on third down. What the fuck's that? Like 80%? 61. Bad at math. Feels like 80. <laughs> and, you know, 61% is a, I mean, that's, that's a top. That three percent in the NFL, right? That, if you were sixty-one percent conversion team. Well, over wouldn't you say over a season you lead the league? Sixty percent on third down. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Yeah, the Niners were three of nine on third down. Not not, uh, so not a, three thirty-three percent. Three of nine, and it wasn't because you know you go oh well maybe they're converting a bunch of second downs. Well, they ran twenty-six fewer plays. Twenty-six. The, the Niners did get a four, the fourth down stop. <clears throat> the fourth, they blew it. They did. I mean. Look, I, I think it is this way. This is the way it just is. They allowed 20 points total. Like, you can't ask for anything more. No, that's why we always – I feel like we do this a lot where I'm kind of killing their secondary, and then you go, well, they gave up 20 points. 20 points. 20 points. If I would said to you at the beginning of the week, 20 points in this game? You would have gladly taken it. I would have said, hey, if you told me the Rams – I know for a fact uh, football Jesus just told me the Rams are going to score 20 points. You don't know what the Niners will score. And if you looked at me, how much do you want to gamble on this game? I would have said, let's put the $4,000 on the Niners money line. Yeah. Because the, the value to that, right, would have been incredible. They can't score 21 points. Can't score 24 points. We love the 23 number. And it was right there. And that gets back to playoff football, Especially right? Especially when you've got 17, like halfway through the third. I think part of playoff football, which, you know, in the NFC, these, you're just not scoring that many points. It's just so physical. It's so hard. I had so many people texting me just random people that aren't even necessarily Niner fans, right? They're just like, God, this is a physical game. You know, I think because you watch the other game, it's a little spread it out, throw it around, guys making plays. That game was, what did we talk about before we walked in? There's fucking blood on everyone's helmet. Every single person's helmet. Jimmy, blood everywhere. Stafford, blood. Aaron Donald, blood on his hat. Debo's blood. It's a blood game. Body bag game. Yeah. (laughs) Whose body bag got taken out last? I mean, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, the Niners. Niners lost. So is it a mafia movie where they go like this and they throw t- Jimmy toss them on the rocks? <laughs> I mean, is John Lynch liking a tweet it, here? It did. It did cross my mind before the game, like as close as that last, the first Rams Niner, the last Rams Niner game was. The Niners needed that game more than the Rams needed it. The Rams clearly, the crowd noise did was a non-factor for them today. Yeah, yeah, it just felt like not as crazy as the last one, and they wanted that game. I mean, this. I'm not. This game. Oh, not you're, about, you're like, saying the crowd the was a non-factor in Week 18. No, no, I'm saying crowd was a non-factor in this game. Like the Niners having more fans at SoFi didn't did totally affect, feel it. Than, yeah. I mean, they had multiple. The Niners had to. They had that crazy play where the delay a game. What's what's ball my ball snap? What, what's our, what's our penalties today? Um. Six for 54 for the Niners, two for 10 for the Rams. That's, I mean, four extra penalties is a pretty big deal. Especially right? the 15 yarder that came after the Odell Beckham Jimmy 30 Ward yard catch. Face, yeah. Right. Um, you had the Trent Williams fall start, didn't kill you. That came after the big IU play. You scored a touchdown on that drive. Weren't really any, were there any offensive line holding calls today? Didn't feel like it. Um, maybe there was one or two, but. Yeah, the, I'm just saying the Rams were ready for the silent count. So, yeah, there was no shock today. I mean, you had the, the, the you talk about swings of momentum, chart drop, next play, Odell 30, penalty 45 yard play. That, I'm not saying Tart dropped the ball, that's the game, because Ramsey also dropped the pick and 
Jimmy Jurasek dropped a touchdown. Who? Shashevsky. <laughs> Kraskoviak. Right. But yeah, that was a big swing. Two delay. I mean, oh yeah. Question on the stream. How many delay, uh, uncalled delay game penalties for the Rams? It looked like two. a lot. At least two. I, now I tweeted this. If, while if, the if Ramsey's the catches that ball though, it's a pick six. That wasn't on the final drive, right? Or was it? Uh, the roll right. No, that was two, two a drive before. Yeah, yeah drive before. So it's like J- Jimmy. Yeah, I tweeted this while the Niners had the ball, so this was not a Rams specific take. But I, how does the NFL not have a play call? Uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? Play clock. A buzzer on the play clock. It's crazy. Again, go check the timestamp on the tweet. That's not a reaction to the Rams. But they did have, it seemed like, two delay games. You think they should institute that? Yeah, why not? Don't hate it. The whole, like, refs got to look down, then they got to look at the clock, then they look back down. If the ball's not snapped, then they throw the flag. It's like, is that how they work the end of the game? Clock hits zero, check the ball, end of the game, ball's out, let the play go. One one huge element in this game, if the Niners, when it felt like they had, had a decent chance to win, is that they lost to a team that did not have any timeouts going into the fourth quarter. In the NFC Championship game. The guy did not have any fucking timeouts, and he lost. And that was clearly – everyone's making fun of McVay because that's a big deal. Two bad challenges. There's no doubt about it. I saw Aaron Nagler tweeted, like, that reminds me. I I get – like, that freaked him out thinking about LaFleur, and he just blew the one, and the one timeout cost the Packers. No timeouts. Two blown challenges. And no, it just doesn't matter because he won. He's fucking drinking a cocktail right now. Yeah. Well, I I think it's – these games are never 100% – not never, but – 100% 100% you did everything right, and the team that lost did everything wrong. I mean, the Niners made a ton of mistakes. I think what makes two, it probably the two hard. two blown challenges, though, I mean. To, well, that's what I'm saying. I think what makes this one hard for the Niners to take is that they didn't get beat. Credit to the Rams. Like, winning without your best shot is. But they didn't get beat by the Rams' best shot. No, no. But I don't think the I don't think the 49ers, and the Niners wouldn't have beat them with their best. The Rams would be saying this game was. Gonna I be thought hard it was kind of like two B minus B games, right? And they yeah. were just kind of feeling each other out. And they're also trying not to make mistakes. <clears throat> clearly the Niners, like in this game, there should be no point spread, right? These are just two even teams. And for whatever reason, the Niners have got on the other side. But like you watch today, they're just evenly matched. Like I, I that's how I feel watching them. Yeah, I my reaction to that game is like, that's they've played that game a few times in the stretch of games. The Niners won six straight and it could have gone the other way, right? Yeah, well, remember two years ago, or no, it was the Super Bowl year. Jimmy hit those big passes against Jalen Ramsey and he screamed at Taylor Rapp. That would have been the 2019 season. They could have lost that game. Yeah, you know that. Like I'm saying, like this this game, they have the 6-0, but like three of them have been that game, and the Rams have just not come up on the side, like yeah. you said. And that was today, where I think it's really hard when the guy blows two challenges in the second half of an NFC Championship. We could watch football for the next 10 years and not see that blow two challenges in a playoff Especially game. The in second a half. one, he was so confident, and then you saw the replay. He was of so it. cocky. And it was clearly not a fun. And when I say cocky, I just meant like he felt like someone told him like this is a lock. So I thought like, God, there's no way he can be that confident without it's clearly. And then you see it's like you checks arms down. Like, what are you doing? Especially on a play. It was he was a fourth down. He was going to get the ball. And I would I would imagine they're replaying it. So he's looking up. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I, I, you know, I think maybe part of the way part of the reason why McVay, the Niners and the Rams never play their best game against each other is partly like Kyle and Sean know what the other is going to do to some degree. Right. Like McVay knew and maybe Raheem Raheem knows Kyle really well, too. They knew 
they didn't necessarily know that when the Niners ran the Trent Williams motion play that they weren't going to run the same play they ran against the Packers. But they knew that Kyle would have a trick off of it, right? Which in this game was the handoff to Kyle Juszczyk. They knew that. Like, could you go to the box score and uh, let me put it up on the on the big screen here? How many how many yards did they rush for? Uh, Not many. Fifty. The Niners. Yeah, that's a problem. They, they, they just do not win these big games where they're getting outrushed when they're not playing. And some, I don't even know the stat in the game against the uh, Packers that game. Clearly, when you're going to play in a game like today for the Niners to win this game, maybe they don't need 150 yards, but 50 total yards. That is not a setup for them. Now, like you said, the, the play differential was 50 to 76, so they couldn't they weren't dictating the time of possession. Well, that's it. Just kind of got away from that's to me. The weird Rams about them winning, they weren't in control. They weren't dictating the terms despite them winning. The Rams beat them. Now the Rams play a similar game, right? But the Rams beat them at their game because the Rams had uh, Rams outrushed them. Rams outrushed them. But I just mean Rams ten play drive, eighteen play drive, twelve play drive, seven, seven, nine, ten. So what is that? One, two, three, four multi uh, double digit play drives plus a nine play drive. Well, it gets back to the Niners had one 10 play drive. Well, it gets back to the 11 of, of what'd you say? 11, to 18 on third down. Yeah. And the Niners were three of nine. Like that's terrible. I mean, the, the amount of the Niners had several three and outs. The Rams just, you're converting like that on third down. It's just a disaster. There's just, or you're not converting on it. And they are, that's just, that's a huge, that's a fucking problem. And that's a big problem. But not rushing the ball, to me, like 50 yards, you just look back when they're playing. I mean, I guess sometimes, I guess if they're playing a shittier team, they usually have the lead. That is just not a recipe. If I told you nothing else besides, hey, they run for 50 yards in this game, you would have been like, that's a problem. Because you yeah. would assume they're down, coming back. Like, how many picks does Jimmy throw? Well, I, I would have thought they lost the game by 14, 17 points yeah. if they only ran for 50 yards. So that's where the Niners got, like, the tart play is going to come up. They drop some balls, too. Yeah. You know, they just did. But Offensively they, and defensively. But they played the Niners game better than the Niners did because they're third down conversions because I don't think they really what, – what did the uh, Rams run the ball? Rush yard 70. I mean, but look at this. Debo Samuel was 7 of 26, leading rusher. Elijah Mitchell, 11 for 20. Not great. 11 for 20? While Jimmy's also basically a 50% passer? How are they in the game? I think you could tip your hat to Cooper Cup. You just know coming in, I would say 9 to 11, 100 to 130, a touchdown. Now he had two. To me, Beckham getting nine for over 100 yards is a pretty big deal because you're just going to go, well, he's going to get some explosive plays just because, you know, it was clear the last couple of weeks in the playoffs, Odell had to look good. It's like, God, he just looks faster. Looks like, and then now, like, that's a huge deal, them getting that production in this game. Yeah. Now, because they were one area you just thought the Niners had an advantage in week 18 was that like he wasn't Odell Beckham quite then. And the Niners had all these, you know, explosive guys. The other thing with his production today, Higby went out early and Higby's a guy that, listen, I, I like Tyler Higby. That fucking guy's good. And you lose him early, which clearly a knee injury getting carried off. I looked at you. I'm like, that's a big deal. Well, not really when Odell Beckham's just going to kind of carry his load because you would have said Odell probably four or five catches, Higby another four or five catches. He just took all Higby's action. And same with the guy. They bring up the back. Blanton played well. How about the backup tight end? Yeah, he had five for 57. They ran a flea flicker screen. 
I mean, that's by far Beckham's best game of the year. Best game since, I mean, do you have games that good on the Browns? It doesn't feel like this year. Feels like Odell just had, didn't have one like that in 20. In 19, did not have, a, uh, he had 161 back on uh, week two of 2019 against the Jets. Was he on the Browns then? Uh, yeah. Getting in 19? He was on the Browns. Because remember the Niners were thinking about trading for him uh, going into the Super Bowl year? I mean, it's I mean, one of the best games of his career. No, he, if you go back to like the first two years, Giants, he, had, he was a big boy. I, I would, I mean, I bet he's got some incredible numbers, which he does 166, 149, 142, 131, 121. I mean, we need scoring touchdowns, but still, I mean, I'm just, yeah, you're right. Nine for 113, 113. Yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. Really good game. Especially what I would say, what he's been these last couple of years, that's fucking enormous. That's so they, I, I would say play, coming into the, game, the NFC championship game. But if I would have told you, even if it wasn't Dalton, it had been Higby that between Odell Beckham and their tight end, they were going to get 14 catches for 160 yards. That's just a lot of production out of two guys. Right. Knowing you're getting 11 for 142 at a cup. Did Higby have a catch in this game? Uh, he had two. Remember, cup had a draw, had a wide ass open drop. So that could have been he actually he made up. I don't know. Fast. I, we got to see the L22 <laughs> on that. I don't know if he was going to score a touchdown on that play. Looked like Jimmy Ward was kind of lurking, but he had a lot of room. I mean, that he would have been 12 for at least like 165 if he'd made that catch. I, but again, we saw him week 18. Like, he's a dominant player. You know, I, I think you come in kind of like the Rams with Debo. Like, he's going to get his. Who else? Who else? And it was like, those else? And I know he's famous, but he has not been playing at that level. Like you said, when we just look at his prior production, Odell's best game in years and then a guy you've never heard of go five for 60 or whatever. And he got the tight end screen, right? I mean, a, t- a tight end flea flicker screen. I mean, that plays. I've never seen it before. No, I don't think anyone else. You see it on like the play bus. And then somehow you're able to check it down to somebody, but it looked like it was on purpose. One area the Niners are a little susceptible. And he went back to the well. Remember when Sean McVay went like this, when they My ended bad. up. Yeah. Because they, everyone is so aggressive coming up with Chris Kasurik. Now it's, you, you can't criticize that because that's been a point of difference for them, right? They just fucking get up the field, one gap, Washburn taught them. They, there's no two gap and it's go. Well, if you can hit a quick screen and they're, you know, Fred Warner pulled a Navarro Bowman, fucking made the tackle. But that was, Forced to field goal. I, I know he said this, you could argue that's probably, that's a good call. That's hitting a lot of time. Because if Fred takes one step in, now you could argue like, do they, do they even throw it to cup enough? It felt like a victory every time they ran the ball for the Niners. Big time. Big which, time. Which is the predominant difference between the two teams. Yes. Right? Well, that's when the Niners played good teams. Every time they ran it, you you thought, thank you. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. You know, because they their linebackers all tackle. And this is something... And we'll have a long time to talk about this, but it gets back to you just you're you, you just never know. You're there. You have a lead like, you know, same thing with Andy Reid. Like you're at home. You had a lead. It's easy to be like, well, we got Mahomes. We're going to be here for a while. But you just in the moment, you got to take advantage of it. Like ultimately, McVay is going back to a second Super Bowl. He is going back to a second Super Bowl and Kyle's not now. Unlike Andy, like Andy does have a 
somewhat of a finite amount of time, right? He's 62. Kyle's 20 years till he's even Andy's age. But like you were in position against a team that the other thing is think about the matchup. They got the matchup of a team that they had beat that they know so well. They were winning the game and you just lose regardless how it happened. Like some of the individual plays, if you're just sitting there, you're Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. It's like we could have won this fucking game. We could be going to the Super Bowl. We could be going to Super Bowl. We lost an NFC championship game. It's why that famous game against the Niners. Something about these championship game with two teams from the NFC West. These games are pretty epic. <laughs> but you just think like it, we were right there. Yeah. You just it's one thing, you know, you've seen some of these historic games where you lose like, like 30 points in the NFC championships. Like we got our fucking ass kicked. It's like you're going to think about these moments like did I, I could have called a different play on second and five. It, 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 every every play matters. But say the Niners drive the field at the end of that game and score a game winning touchdown. I think the Rams will be talking the same way. Like we, we ran 26 more plays than them. We missed a field goal. We dropped the pick six. But, right? but that's what's happened. We dropped another touchdown. But that's what, that that is exactly what happens when you lose the tight game. When you win, you don't even you just oh, no, just, totally. You, yeah. The, the victors write the history books, right? Like, they don't even give a shit. Like, oh, I fucked up some uh, challenges. Like, whatever. You think yeah. Stan Crockett's like, how about those challenges right now? Or do you think he's like, you want more? He's hosting the Super Bowl and his team got it. Those challenges are irrelevant. But my point, though, was more directed to your comment about the NFC championship games between NFC teams. Like, I think this is part of it is you just you are not going to play perfect games in these games well, they, for the they, most part. They had, so, five, they had five turnovers right in the catch game or was it six? I think it was, it might've been six. Well, for those of us that were born after at the least game, five, you know, this guy, for those of us born after the game, I have never heard that till recently. Well, I didn't know that till I watched the Montana doc on Peacock. I, I just feel like maybe it's come up more that play. Maybe Joe, like you said, maybe Joe's more now doing this documentary. No one knows. You know why? No one gave a shit. Only one thing mattered in that game was that play. Now that this game, there wasn't one individual play that mattered, right? It wasn't like, 30 seconds left, something happened, that was the play of the game. But you'll just go back and think about, like, God damn, had a fucking chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's it's really hard to get. Remember how hard last week was? <laughs> it is just so difficult to get to this spot. Even we all think the retirements and Rodgers probably going to get traded and Tom Brady, who just is adamant that he's not retiring, even though – did you turn on TV today? Like, ESPN is not treating it like he's not retiring. No, they – I think they said or wrote like we trust our sources, basically. Yeah, Which we, I mean, it was Schefter and Darlington, yeah, who broke the Tampa Bay story. Now, Condi Rice to the Browns didn't happen. <laughs> he said they were they were contemplating uh, something outside the box. I thought he doesn't usually get. Remember, he got Andrew Luck right. That was the other one. Andrew Luck mid game was that mid game. I'll be shocked if Tom comes back. Yeah, unless Kyle Cabo. I'm already there. I wouldn't mind that story in about two weeks. Uh, two weeks. I could use that one on Wednesday. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about Garoppolo. Obviously, you know, I think as the week goes on, as time goes on, that being his last Snyder game will be a big topic. Uh, he made some good throws, but I think uh, what we just talked about, kind of my overarching thought, it's hard to play perfect games in conference championship games. You generally don't, right? To win Super Bowls, you got to win games where – you weren't perfect where the other team did things that made your life hard and good quarterbacks, I think are the best antidote for those types of situations. Guys who can just hit plays. Now he did hit some plays today. Kittle throw was sweet. Ayuk throw was good. Ayuk throw was sweet. 
the Jalen Ramsey near pick was outrageous. And the last drive was an utter disaster. Bad. He was. Now he throws that pick on third down. I mean, if he takes the set, it's going to be fourth. And I don't even know what. And he is getting chased for his life. But I, I, I told you this. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy during the game, but I am just, I wasn't feeling great. You went to 17, seven. And I, I, I just, I said to the guy, I'm like, it would be very symbolic. Maybe even before the game even got that tight, you can just kind of feel that it was going to come down to a drive or two. If Jimmy's 49er career ended on an interception. Now I would say a Jalen Ramsey type interception would have been much more symbolic than him doing what he, what happened. The Carson Wentz. Yeah. I mean, he was just freaking out They're at the 20. They have, they did have a timeout, but like you said, it, it would be fourth and 25 at the end of the day for a guy that I, I think you and a lot of people listening, I've gained a lot of respect for this guy. And there is a huge element in the sport of intangible stuff. Does he benefit from his head coach and Debo Samuel being a, coming a running back? Of course he does. No one argues that has a fucking pulse that he's like some top 10 quarterback, but he clearly brings some stuff to the table, even throughout this game where you just feel pretty confident with his body language and his competitiveness. Yeah. yeah. But on any given throw, you know, he's like, I, I told you he's like a random golfer that if you just watch him, let's say he's like a 12 handicap, he could hit one individual shot, 300 yard drive down the middle. That would look like fucking Jim Furyk, right? Be longer. Jim hits it like 280. The next shot that random golfer can shank it and hit the golf cart parallel to him. And it wouldn't even be that weird. And the guy might laugh Jimmy on any given play, <laughs> Jimmy on any given play, your short game is pretty good. <laughs> can just throw a pass Been known to shank when he scrambled out today. I did not feel great because of what I witnessed last week because he doesn't ever, he hasn't done that all season. Like keep the play alive, scramble. And last week I got, I got kind of confident when he was scrambling. I'm like Tony Romo, he's going to hit this guy. And then it was like, no. And he did it the exact same thing today. Scramble out. I used open for a split second, but it's not like, well, yeah, it'd be hard to see J- Jalen's coming across. I, number five. I don't know. The greatest cornerback, the greatest be strong. It's a weird word for a guy like, the best cornerback in the NFL right now. I think if you could draft cornerbacks, he would easily be the top pick for anyone worth their salt. I text a buddy with the Chiefs who actually just texted me and said, I ran out of luck today. Uh, did, I was like, God, if, if Jalen, if you guys had Jalen Ramsey on your defense, like it kind of like the Niners, you'd be the ultimate team. He's like, yeah, we attempted to trade for him. Remember two years ago? <laughs> and, and so did the Rams. And there's a reason for it, right? He is a, and, and I don't even think Jimmy goes, when we were kids, it was like, you do not throw at Dion, right? You don't fuck with him. Right. And it was like legitimately, maybe like Favre might have every once in a while, but any team, even like with Elways and the and, and Youngs, they work the other side of the field. I don't think Jimmy really processes that or thinks like that. Like, bro, five is on that side. I, and I know you're scrambling there, but it gets back to, does he ever throw the ball out of bounds? Like there, there are some basic things. Or just things. tuck and take two yards and step out. Or that, but he, or even do the one where he kind of lob it, yeah, you know, or whatever. Out of, out of bounds. There, there's just some basic plays for a guy that is Never. I've I've earned. I respect the shit out of Jimmy Garoppolo. If if I I'd buy the guy a beer, I tell him fuck. I enjoyed. It's been fun watching him play football for the 49ers. It's crazy as it's been. Well, I, can I to jump in. I think one thing you appreciate about a player is if they fail, it's not because they're they can't handle the moment. That's not the issue. It's it, not about handling the moment. He looks no different there than he might against like 
The Jags. That's what I always say. I've been yeah. saying this forever. He plays the same game every week, which on one hand you respect, but on the other hand, that's kind of the problem. But you, res- but that part of it, you absolutely respect. I'm with you. I'm with you. He did throw two touchdowns, which feels on the high end for him, but one of the touchdowns was a screen that Debo made about seven guys miss. So it's so like that's th- – he did throw one sweet touchdown pass. Yep. That was a legit touchdown. That that was a high level. That's a high level touchdown pass for Matt Stafford for Mahomes. That's a that's a high level pass. Ultimately, their downfall was he didn't have a couple of those consistently. They wouldn't always be in these tight games when they have all these really good players. You know, it's just they can't really separate. If you put Matt Stafford on the Niners, like they're just way better. And it's the reason why obviously Kyle wanted him and they ultimately made the trade. But Jimmy had some downfalls that they've been able to overcome the last several weeks, specifically like these last three weeks, because we saw at Tennessee and then you and I went on and it was a devastating game. That Tennessee moment was like, did Jimmy just blow the season? That's what it felt like. Did he just blow the season? And then Trey happened and then week 18 happened and it kind of went away fast. But, like, we'll never forget what happened in Tennessee when you kind of rewind. And then you were able to kind of circumvent it, that first drive against the Dallas Cowboys. They drive right down 7 nothing. and they're dictating terms. They couldn't move. The, they couldn't. They weren't going to score a touchdown last week in Lambeau if they had played 15 quarters, right? But Jimmy belonged in the game. He could just kind of figure it out. Did he throw a pick in that game? Yeah, he threw a red zone pick. And then, you know, today... The, the the final pick is not to me. I don't like the Jalen Ramsey pass is infinitely worse than that thing. Like he's so desperate in that situation. Third is it? I do you want to do it? Of course not. The Jalen pick to me is like that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Mid fourth quarter hits fucking Jalen in his hands. Ayuk once that once they go the replay, you're like he covers Ayuk. Right, his body comes right in front of him. It's not like you know he did a leap. Was not, that was another not a 50-50 ball. No. Yeah. No, I think um I, I agree. The last play, it's maybe it's symbolic that it ends on a pick. Maybe it's symbolic that it ends. Because he wasn't bad today. Way. I thought today was like a probably a B game. You look at the numbers, 16 and 30, but I agree. I agree. He had some good throws. I mean, but you know, I think anyone that's listened to us for a while knows we're not into it seems like this week leading up to the game became this big debate about what Jimmy is like nationally. You and I have not had that debate for a long time. We've stopped having that debate. It is what it is. Some games, the plays get made some, some games they don't, and they're going to have a chance to win all those games. But part of the problem is that you just cannot consistently throw the ball down the field. I keep saying it. They can't hit. This team does not hit three pointers. They don't hit threes. So their offense has to be, it's like the Princeton offense. It's constantly schemed plays, backdoor cuts. It takes three passes to set a back screen and then have another guy come from the corner. And then the pass has to hit him perfectly. And then he's got to lay it up. And the defense, you have to clear out the postman coming from the weak side block and blah, 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 blah. Well, wouldn't you say the Ayuk go route was so glaring because they never run that play. It's like a staple of literally every offense. You just take a shot a two a yeah. game. Yeah. Obviously the chiefs, the Bengals, the, the the Rams do more of it, but like the not that that is when do they ever just run the most basic play that every kid learns when they're eight? Run straight, just go. Like it, it, it's really like the go route. What does that mean? Go on a straight line. You yeah. just go straight up, especially if you're the outside receiver. You know you're close. We call it the seam if you're the slot or the tight end. The outside receiver run up the sideline, just run up and and hit it. You could argue like 
does Kyle should Kyle, they have just called that play maybe a little bit more? I don't know. I mean, it feels like Jimmy throwing. I guess Ayuk. Ayuk's a fast wide receiver yeah. on the outside. Now, do they trust him not over? You know, like will his miss be over, not under? I don't know. I mean, they schemed up Yuzhek uh, wide open in the Titans game, right? But that is a play. But he kind of leaks out. I just mean yeah. a play where your wide receiver goes straight, three step, like a basic play in football. Three step, three step, let it rip. Yeah, you hear like you ever see these things that go viral on social media, and the coaches are like, you know, drawing the play, and it's like Saban or whatever. Three steps, rip, right? Just fucking let it go. He's a professional quarterback. He's thirty years old, and you know, to me, I'm not acting like Kyle's the superior one in this relationship, but Kyle refused to call that play ever to Ayuk, who like, is but even Ayuk was speed wide receiver. Was that a contested ball? No, no, that was a, yeah, you're right. That's very unusual. But he, and especially like at Levi's or in the dome, like he's a speed wide receiver that can fly. I I get not running in like Lambo, but like some of these teams, we say it all the time about the Niners. Their biggest weakness is like, ultimately like everyone's like, Ambry Thomas is still a rookie kind of average guy. (laughs) You know, he can only do so much. Well, then the Niners just get bombarded. It's like a, you know, blitzkrieg when you, when you get pulled, when they, other offensive coordinators play them because they're always pushing the envelope down the field. And I get the Niners, like I said, they, won't, they have to rush for more than 50 yards, but they do never just run that play ever. It was kind of crazy thinking back, looking back and like they hit it. It was shocking. Very. It was but shocking. Hit, but he hit him kind of easily. I yeah. mean, he hit him right in stride. Well, because, and you said at the time, like that's, I, that's your first round receiver against whoever that corner was. Yeah. Some random guy. Right. But the, yeah, I mean, 50-50 downfield throws never happen for them. And I, Jimmy is the the opposite of when the team the Niners playing when that quarterback suddenly has time, and then just lets it rip. When Garoppolo gets out of the pocket, it's shockingly ineffective. Doesn't work. It's crazy. Doesn't work. I would say his one of his better plays is like when he kind of scrambles within the pocket and does like the throwback and hits a guy that usually stops. Right, like did it to Debo, hit Elijah Mitchell. Like he, it's kind of more of a dump off. That's like Jimmy's one of his best plays. It's like when he kind of moves in the pocket, turns, throws, but it's like five yards. And maybe Kyle, they just feel very uncomfortable with him throwing outside the numbers, unless it's a screen. They clearly are just very uncomfortable with that pass calling. Understandably, why though? I, I mean, well, you're talking about Ayuk down the field, but to me, when he throws outside the numbers on like outs, well, yeah, I think it's dangerous. 100%. I'm just talking about the go route when you get man-to-man coverage. Yeah, that's, what, to what, me, that's di- I mean, that is technically outside the numbers. I think we're talking about that's I, a little different. I, than I, I do just think one of Kyle's, I mean, his best strength, right? Part of the reason he's such a good play caller, and even he's talked about this before, is because he knows the defense. It's not just like, I'm just dialing plays. Well, I'm dialing plays against, I know what you're doing. It happened with the Cooper Cup touchdown, the first touchdown. When Troy's like, "Well, that's against cover two, and they knew that they knew the area to hit it. Sean McVay knew the coverage he was going to get, and he called the play. Kyle Shanahan does it all the time. Well, if you know the coverages all the time, you know, and this is clearly something they're going to have to do with the young guy, is just, you know, take some shots. And obviously, that's one of the things that you would imagine they're going to. His best attribute is going to be just arm strength, right? And also maybe making plays outside of the pocket. Was that in the Montana doc that Walsh just really desired quarterbacks who are athletic because they could, even when the defense gets you, they can still win? 
Have you seen that part in the episode? Maybe that was like when he when he traded for Steve Young. I didn't get the episode four yet. Yeah, I think that, but that's just and it. But it's become an in vogue talking point. I think with the Mahomes and the Allens, yeah, and the Lamar's. It's like, well, shit, we called the right defense. We had it covered, and then they do a three sixty. Mahomes like jump the shark. Burrow, Burrow did it. Burrow did it all. The, Allen, you know, I think Trey again has a long way to go, but he has like that skill set. Jimmy does not. Which is weird because Jimmy does have the a couple times when he scrambled the last two weeks he can move maybe he doesn't do it because he he can't throw on the run or he doesn't trust himself to throw on the run because he clearly avoids that for a reason he's done it two times in the last two weeks and both times he hit the DB in stride one time the guy dropped it yeah uh, on the chat I I don't we keep addressing this I I don't understand why this is so difficult. Haberman, tonight is the reason why the chat was scratching our heads with your Jimmy Joe, Jimmy G love last week. It was confusing. I've literally said the same thing about Garoppolo every week, and I say it every week. Chats He's the same every week. Nothing changes. Saying you respect his competitiveness is not the same as saying he's a great quarterback. I respect the guy. He's not a great quarterback. They need to replace him. They're going to replace him. I supported drafting Trey Lance. I still support it. It's time to move on. I respect his competitiveness. He's tough as shit, but he limits them. Well, like here's a good example. Like it's not, it's not. This is this is not a debate. Like it's it has been established. It's over and done with. The case is closed. The case been closed since fucking week six. I know. There, there's just an element of like I'm not trying to pick on this guy because I do. Even though he blocked me a long time ago on Twitter, Derek Carr is way more talented than Jimmy. Right? Physically, he's more gifted than Jimmy. And just in a vacuum, he's a better player. But we saw Derek in the playoff game spike the ball on first down. And then multiple times on that situation, again, a more talented guy, not even throw it into the end zone. So part of these big games is like, I I at least know Jimmy, he might fuck up, but he also might make a huge play. And you see it with Dak. You see it with some of these guys. Like I don't trust him at all to win it. Now, I don't trust Jimmy because he can throw a pick at any moment. But I know I've seen him win some big games. I've seen him do it. Now, on given games, is he the fucking guy when I was this guy that shows up late in the group project? Of course he is. <laughs> no one would dispute that. But does he also have things in the bag that guys making 35, 40 million in this league will fucking never probably get? Never probably get. Yeah. One fucking hundred percent. And that's where I've come around as someone that said Trey Lance should start week one to change my tune as the season went on, understand where Kyle was coming from and just respect Jimmy. I, I would say the person, and when I say the person, like the person is the football player m- more as the season went on, but right. also under, but also support. This is not, you can't sustain this forever. They didn't score a touchdown against the green Bay Packers in one. I mean, think about that. And that's, they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And they honestly didn't really get that close. And the one time they did, he threw a baby's own pick, which was terrible. I mean, you just, a baby's own pick. Now Stafford did one today. Like those, those kill you. They should. Yeah, Rams and, missed, and it didn't. It didn't cost them. They, they Rams avoided some. Now part of it is the Niners created. The Niners have a talented pass rush. Stafford's under duress. It's just, it's a war zone out there, and that's the thing where Jimmy. And I guess this is the thing with Jimmy. He can survive in a war zone. Now sometimes you know he gets taken out, but other times he he comes out on top. And I, we've just been watching football long enough to know some of these quarterbacks fucking now they look good in some of these games and they get their team. And then the, and then the playoffs are like, God, I wouldn't want that guy on my side. You know, yeah. now, you know, depending on the play, that's where J- Jimmy is just that he's a roller coaster ride, but he's proven enough to like, 
you can just throw, you can just get in the ring and throw some blows with them. And that can't be said for a lot of these guys in this league. Like what makes Joe Burrow so impressive today, but it's not even that crazy. Cause I think we all thought it because it just how fast everything's happened and what he did at, at with since, you know, uh, LSU, LSU. Right. And we know that about Josh Allen and Mahomes, but those guys are so much better than Jimmy, the player. But I do think he has some of their characteristics of like not letting the moment just he shit down his leg. He just makes a bad play because he makes fucking bad plays. Right. Like, like I said, he makes that throw against the Jags. Right. Or he makes that throw against the Minnesota. Vi- like he does it against everybody. Potentially he has 12 picks and he could have had 30. He throws a lot of picks. Uh, John, before we get to Kyle Shanahan. Let's tell the people that this podcast appropriately today is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. You just take a you take a mental moment there. Tell me if anything's happening on Twitter. Check them out at BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. The best way to think about therapy is through, you know, the thought that anybody at any time could use a little bit of help. And BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. It's like what we're doing right now, but for therapy. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with a therapist within 48 hours so you can get quick help. Why invest in everything else but not invest in your mind? Right now, go to betterhelp.com, betterhelp.com slash ham pod. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash ham pod get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash ham pod it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it is professional counseling done securely online so send a message to your counselor at any time you'll get a timely and thoughtful response plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room too close to somebody else betterhelp.com slash Ham pod. Go get it. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com/ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up everybody? It's your old friend John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets, 
to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alpha quotes, alpha quotes. Yeah, this is this is not a alpha quotes. While they can be helpful, is not a, um, a mental health plan. So did Kyle Shanahan. I think one of the discussions, my guess uh, tonight, definitely, and then you know Monday, and as the week plays on, is Kyle Shanahan had a lead and didn't in the second half of the NFC Championship and didn't win the game. So however you want to define it, right? Did he choke? Did he blow it? How do we look at this? Is going to be I think a part of Kyle, the big picture with Kyle is he's not going anywhere. So this is not that conversation, right? But how much of it's on Kyle Shanahan's shoulders is going to be a big conversation over the course of the week. I I think just big picture, does he have a blowing lead problems? If it was 17-7, seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, that'd be hard to shake. It was 17-14 pretty early in the fourth quarter. So he didn't, you know, he didn't have a commanding lead late in the game. I do think there's a series that is going to be hard to shake. Now, we're big Kyle Juszczyk guys. Uh, I think everyone is a big Kyle Juszczyk guy. If you just watch the 49ers, Kyle Juszczyk's a stud. I do think Kyle Shanahan fucked up with the Trent Williams motion play. When he first did it last week against the Packers, it was badass. He hit that guy on defense. He flew. They went viral, and it was sweet. Whether you you don't need to be some O-line enthusiast. You don't need to be Jeff Schwartz. Like, everyone liked that play, right? People like quarterbacks. People like everyone sharing that play. It was awesome. They, they replayed on the game. You're like, that was so badass. Then they went back to the well in that game. It did not work. You ran it twice. And listen, I never... Well, remember, it didn't work because Elijah Mitchell picked the wrong... True, but like they ran the exact same play. So they did it twice in a game. What happened? Like I've never coached in the NFL, but I've been around enough of these coaches and practices to know we are going to rep it at practice. Take a practice squad guy against our defense, you know, a tackle and have him motion. And, and, and if I'm Raheem Morris, what are some of the different plays? I don't know. I've known Kyle for what, a decade? He could do these three things out of this formation. He could maybe do a pitch, he could do a counter, he could do several things. So you are practicing against that play. So when Trent went in motion, I think that team would be more comfortable just seeing that. Now, as you said, he rounds it off. Technically, it's a penalty. He He gets gets away with it. But regardless, they're not catching anyone off guard. So when he calls a play, he kind of went back. 
one of the sweetest plays of the game by far, because it might have been the first time in history anyone's ever ran it, at least that I can remember, was the flea flicker screen. Because no one knows it's coming. You think of flea flicker, both of us stand up because I think he's going deep. And then he just dumps it off and it works. Well, once that happened, you kind of go, well, they're probably, why would you not follow Trent? So you just kind of know. And I think he, it's never crazy to go behind one of the best players in the NFL. So it's like, I think Vince Lombardi's famous line, we're going to run this fucking play over and over, over and over, over and over. You watch the John Madden documentaries. He basically changed that, like Vince Lombardi play was his favorite play. Most coaches have a favorite play. To me, when it's kind of trickeration, I, I thought, I think that's one he'd like to have back. Now, this is where you have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not going to go four wide, right? He's going to run the ball. He does have a lot of variations of runs. I I don't love that play on third down. I'll tell you what, I, I you know, easy for hindsight, but, you know, we were watching it and talking about it as it unfolded. And I said to you before the second and one play, nobody ever runs sneaks on second and one, which is understandable, right? Second and one is kind of a free, a free play because if you don't, you know, if you take a big shot, whatever, you don't get it. You still got third and one. You feel pretty good about it. Well, if you're going to run the ball with Elijah Mitchell, who's got 11 carries for 20 yards on the day, then I would have preferred. They ended up losing yardage on the play. He got crushed. I would have preferred. And again, you can confirm this. I started talking quarterback sneak before that play because I just thought at that point in the game, it was so critical to just keep the drive moving. I know it's probably from like a play calling value standpoint, a quarterback sneak on second and one probably does not pencil in a lot of ways, but in a unique situation where you're not running the football effectively, I would have liked to have seen that play. At the end of the day, you have a, a second and one and a third and two, and Debo doesn't touch the ball either time. My preference would have been if you were going to run two plays and you knew you were going to try the Trent Williams play. Might have do it on second and down then. Huh? Well, I would just hand the ball to Debo twice in a row. Hand the ball to Debo on second and one, hand the ball to Debo on third and two, he was your better running back today. Can Debo get a yard on two chances if you're going to do that twice? Because you said I said it earlier, right. and you just said it right, right here. Like they they were ready for the Trent Williams play. They were ready for something else off of the Trent Williams play. A hundred percent. How could they not be? Doesn't mean you can't run it, but how could they not be? So I would have given the ball Debo on second and one. Actually, I would have run a sneak on second and one. But we don't spend a lot of time here talking about you know, uh, play calls. If the uh, uh, Pow MTL on the uh, stream says, if QB sneak shouldn't be called, maybe don't run half bag dive when you need two yards. Take a shot. Try another. I play. actually think, guy, you, you bring up you. You had just the most simple thought. Give it to your best player twice. He's not even just your best player. He is when he scored that touchdown on the screen. I, I remember saying to you, like this guy's had. We're, we're fucking been watching NFL football now for 20 plus years, you know, but 15 and on, right? He's, he's had one of the best 10, 11 game stretches in the history of the league. When you factor in how unique it is, right? What we're seeing, he is fucking dominating. He is an untackable force. And even sometimes when there are guys there, like one of the great parts about the NFL is the truly, truly best players can make something out of nothing. And sometimes you get fucked, right? Barry Sanders cuts back. Tyreek Hill cuts back. But every once in a while, especially in big spots, they're like, how did he get that? And to not give him the play, not give him the ball twice, you could have just not overthought it. Now, you, I, there was still a lot of time left. Maybe you're not thinking that's the critical ten, time. Ten minutes left in the game. But you would say second and two, basically midfield. That's a pretty big spot. That's a pretty critical spot. You're up three points. 
to not give it to Debo to go down. And listen, I'm not against Juszczyk. He has been huge. But third and two, the, the I don't know. I just I don't like that because I'm with you. It's like you can nitpick play calling. It's hard. And Mitchell had just had a good run on first down, too, to, if I'm in defense of Mitchell. One problem for the 49ers, and this goes back to Jimmy Garoppolo, is they are never going to throw the ball there. So, like, the the for example, their opponent could do a million things there, right? They could run pitch plays. They could run it up the gut. They could go spread it out and throw it. Like, they could do everything. Literally everything in their playbook in big spots, short yardage, long yardage, is on. For the Niners. But what's crazy is you should be able to throw it there with Jimmy. I know, but Kyle just I, I in huge critical spots. If he doesn't have to, if he doesn't have to, because when he's had to, he will. When he has to, he holds on to it. I'm meaning Kyle, and just like I can truly control this. I feel this play will work, where I can just hand it off, yeah, and just limit our chances at a turnover. Here's but I'm with you. Like they really don't have that many. Here's the other thing they didn't have really in their playbook is like a quick out. You know, like the Chiefs. A bad day today, but have a lot of like quick little things just when you need just, a yard or two. Yeah, just a, a pass play. Now, part of it is like Andy's plays. His pass plays are actually his runs as well. He doesn't really run it. Kyle's run, Kyle's passes sometimes are kind of runs too, right? Because I mean, his one play, sprint red option, but one play that has been massive for them over the last month or two has been the quick screen to Debo. Like that is something. How many times do you think Raheem Morris? And those guys on defense just like get ready for this quick screen. They ran it on both sides several times today. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Because at any moment you can take it 60 because he can break the tackles. But that when that's your go-to pass play, it is kind of indicative of like your, you know, your offense. And getting back to big spots, like he's just less likely to push the ball down the field when he doesn't have to do it. And I think. You know, so we can crush his play calling, which is not good. Like, I, I do not love it there. But I think he's always a little hamstrung when he has when he doesn't want to fuck up. And I think a lot of times, like when they came back week 18, he had no choice, right? They're down seven points. They get the ball back after he does the punt and calls the timeouts. They have to drive the field. They have no timeouts. He, he has to call all pass plays, right? Running deep routes, running different route combinations. And it worked. When he does, when he's up, he does not feel that his back's against the wall that way. And it does feel like he's more inclined to just call runs. Do you think there was a he would there was a yardage where he would have gone for it on fourth down there? Like it was a fourth and a long two, right? It was a long, it was yeah, like two like and a half. Fourth and a half yard, maybe he does. I mean, Jimmy's quarterback sneak was Tom Brady level. It works. Yeah. Like you watch Matt Stafford do the sneak. He does not, you don't go high. One thing that Brady and those guys do, they just have this, they they just they figured it out in New England, <laughs> whatever they did, right? They and Tom taught Jimmy, and Jimmy fucking functions at it. Yeah. Stafford looked a little like, now part of it is Matt's big, probably thinks I can just get over. It's hard in these playoff games. Like, bro, these guys are fucking coming. It was like a third of a yard. Too. Yeah, he got, didn't he, get it. No, he didn't. And it was the right, they actually gave him the right spot. Uh, Otis on the stream says, Ayuk is being wasted. We need a vertical pl- uh, quarterback play. Well, again, I mean, part of, here's the thing for the Niners, the elephant in the room, and even with Kyle, they did make a historic move before the season. Yeah. You know, one conversation that we just are not having around these parts and around this team is the conversation the Eagles are having, the conversation that the Washington football team is having, the conversation that the New York Giants are having, the conversation that all these teams are going to have. Like, can we upgrade the quarterback? Now, I don't know if this guy, how good he's going to be, but he's on the roster. Like, that, their starting quarterback for the next several years is here, and now – 
as we transition, that's way too early to do this. The number one conversation, especially like when OTAs happen, right. And stuff like that is this guy, this guy, this guy, because that to me, can Kyle, can Kyle go to another level as a play caller? Right. Are, are there, are there plays that he doesn't run that he has? Yeah. I would. Uh, yes. I think the answer. Cause I, I wonder if McVeigh, if you talked to him in the off season and said, how different was your playbook? Not necessarily a playbook, but you as a game day play caller and what you would install against really good teams or critical spots with Matt and Jared Goff. Just the talent, just the physical arm talent, just, you know, how, how much more did you change as a play caller for just being more aggressive? I don't even, you know, just did you find yourself as a coach just go to different levels of the playbook that you wouldn't have touched with Jared Goff? And I would imagine the answer was yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it can hurt him. Like part of the reason to be critical on the Rams sometimes this year and why the Niners could shove them around is they get a little pass happy. Like they're one element of Kyle that is pretty special is his run game adds the physical element to the team on top of the type players they have. But that that's kind of their point of difference, right? They, they want to get in these slugfests where the Rams, the Rams would much rather got into the thirties today and be like, score with us than play the game that they're holding on for dear life today. Right. Yeah. They don't really want to play like that. That's why Aaron Donald does. And when that flipped and you looked at me, you're like, that ain't good. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. And then, no. and, then he, and then he comes in, he's got the fucking blood on his helmet. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Aaron Donald hype speech on the sideline alarmed me. Watching well, especially it. Yes. when he looks and he goes it's like, they're not tight. When he, when he looks and he goes five. And that means Jalen's over there. Come over here, bro. Where yeah. I'm, I, I'm doing. And even Troy's like, he ain't a big talker. No, <laughs> no, that was alarming. But, that, but that, but see to me, I think he thinks like we should be a tough team, but it's hard to create that tough. Like the Niners would love that guy. Right. The, the 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 type guys just the way he's wired remember in the first playoff game he's fighting people like the Niners have some guys well, like kind of head hunting like you got to have those guys but when you pass it a lot and I think sometimes you see it with the Chiefs is it just takes away from your physicality now when it's working you can throw 40 points on the board but if it's a little off all of a sudden you're like god this team feels fucking discombobulated and soft but it, it's the same thing when you, the run's not working you're like god nothing's working so it's you can nitpick whenever things aren't working but the, the Niners are just in Kyle's play calling is just very, very, I mean, down the stretch. I mean, part of, you know, if you wanted to do the group project thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo fucking Samuels was like having, you know, if you were like a junior in high school and you were in a group project, like the dude that's going on a full scholarship to Cal, like I got the smartest guy in my group. <laughs> like, yeah. and, he, yeah. and at minimum, we're getting an A minus on the project. Well, and he told me like, Hey man, just, just kind of come hang. I think the question when you go rookie quarterback inexperienced or now second year guy, Trey Lance, one of the questions will be, okay, his ceiling is higher. Is his floor also higher, right? Can he just do the basic things that are required to make the offense just kind of churn so that you can have 12 play drives where you're running the football? That'll be one of the questions, but I, here's what's clear, right? His floor to me is not as high today as Jimmy's. Like Jimmy, can't, it can't be, yeah, but, it's not. but whatever, like that's, the floor is not why you draft a quarterback. It's no. why the Mac Jones conversation. But it does matter early on in the season when they're going to be like their expectations next year is going to be to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. yeah. That's where that's where the Rams, as the Niners go through this transition, <clears throat> Rams are going to be coming off. I mean, potentially a Super Bowl victory, but definitely going to Super Bowl with Stafford coming back. It's not, now he's got all these reps. He has four play. He had played in three Beat the playoff Niners games. in the NFC Championship game too. That helps. And just the way he, you saw, he carried himself like he knew this is a big deal for his yeah. life. No, he's good. <laughs> he belongs. He's not Pat Stafford. Fuck no, he's that. 
Pad Stadford. Pad Stadford. Yeah. He's a lot a, of people on the stream are saying that was a uh, helmet paint, like Niners paint on Aaron Donald's helmet, but I think it was blood. <laughs> it felt like there was blood though on Jimmy's. Uh, uh, Jimmy had blood. A lot of people were bleeding. Yeah. But let's just go with blood. I mean, it was a game that if it was blood, I don't know if blood would stay that red on his helmet, but I say we go with blood. Um, comment. Kinlaw's a bust. Sermon's a bust. <laughs> well, we got to go there on January 20th. Sun you. Uh, Mostert's always hurt. They needed him. Niners had zero business even being here. Um, irony is before the year. Like they talked like they were a Super Bowl team, and Joe Staley came on the podcast and said better potentially rostered 19 because they lost some games early. All the pressure came off of them. But no, the standard, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. So the standard that is set for Kyle Shanahan and the organization is to compete for championships. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's giving Kyle a pass to say they're a, they had a good year. But the standard is to be like the goal is to be there. Like it wasn't a free season, but I think he proved a lot. I will say this. And we were you you pointed it out during the game and I heard it on. I was driving over after, you know, Xfinity let me down again and uh, to Middlecoff's house. And so I listened to the first couple of series on radio mansion three and out three and out. Took me like 10 minutes to get to his house and another 10 to get from the front gate to the valet we're, we're in the pool house right now <laughs> <laughs> this is where i'll be staying and um uh papa you know three and out the rams go three and out niners go three and out johnny hecker 53 yarder wishnowski 43 yarder after the niners take the delay so the niners fail on the third and two the use check inside handoff with trent williams a little illegal motion so you are not allowed to turn you are not allowed to turn until well, the snap. But why can I go if I'm going behind the quarterback? Can I go at a at a circle? I don't think you can. I don't think you can circle towards the line until the ball snapped. Now you can stop, you know, get set. But no, if you're going to be, but moving, you know how like the Niners have had like Elijah Mitchell or Debo go behind Jimmy, but they're you're saying they're going straight. That's true. I don't think you're allowed to be running towards the line of scrimmage at the snap. That's a good question. I mean, I, I'm I'm the opposite of a rule guy. We'll have to check with Romo on that, yeah. but. Maybe Andy Reid can challenge because that that is like the uh, was it the CFL where you get running head starts. You are not allowed. AF, to do, uh, yeah, maybe the CFL. You can you are too, not yeah. allowed to do running head starts in in professional in the NFL. You you can come to the line of scrimmage and stop, or you can go in motion straight across. You cannot turn towards line. And you know here's the crazy part: Trent started licking his lips. He's I'm surprised McVeigh had not said to the officials before the game because Trent did it last week too. Yeah, like when he does it, watch for the illegal motion, which you know honestly would have been a blessing for the Niners for there been a penalty on that play. But anyway, they get. You know, they end what, up to go third and six and then just run a slant to Kittle. Yeah, <laughs> actually. So you make Shanahan do something he doesn't want to do, actually, which is throw the football, which the Niners. At they would, times they would have had to throw on third and six. Would have been Juwan Jennings. But yeah, yeah. Um, who had a sweet play. Wisnowski. So the Niners are at what midfield? Basically, they take the delay. Wisnowski, you can tell off the punt because I said like, oh, I got that one high. You can tell like, I think he kind of got it up on his shin are we sure he's good he, the the ball went to like the 17 yard line it was not a good given the circumstances in this moment you would say this he's not a weapon no he's not a weapon and they play in a ton of close games and they play against johnny hacker who is a weapon I, honestly a guy he feel I, I wouldn't even he, he doesn't even feel average right now he feels below average when i'm just watching the ball in the air and having it not go very far. It feels like his punts are not going very far. <clears throat> Is there a chance that Kyle Shanahan got involved and just said, don't kick it as far so we can cover these punts? Because part of it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that seems, your coverage. That, that seems a little extreme. That seems a little extreme. 
Now, I'm not going to try to, I'm not trying to make an excuse, and this might sound like one. I, I'm honestly not. Two teams lost games today, right? The Chiefs and the Niners. Yeah. In a vacuum, Andy's loss was bad. He had, he was the heavy favorite. I think that has to be in recent memory in the last like couple decades in the AFC championship or NFC championship game. One of the biggest upsets. The number honestly could have been bigger. It felt like the number like, how's this only seven? Shouldn't it be like nine or 10? I know they had beat him a couple weeks ago, but if they were heavy favorite and they blew the game, they shit down their leg. They fell apart. Mahomes was terrible. The end of the first half. It was, was awful. It was an embarrassment. It was bad. Ultimately, I don't think like Kyle embarrassed himself. Like he just, he lost the game. So I, I guess what I'm saying is like, if you rank the losses today, it feels like the chiefs is way worse than the Niners. And I, it's, it's the best loss of the day. When you consider <laughs> the two games that got played, is that what you're saying? Good point. Best loss of the day. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, I guess I when I'm trying to put the season, it, it's, it's hot. Like everyone, you know, this is not people. I, I can't even imagine if they won the, the, the enjoyment that people would have had. I mean, their Marina would be going nuts. Fucking sack would be going. This would be fucking dick. So would be going nuts. Yeah. It's just, that was to me, the two losses did feel a little bit different. Obviously it was a gut punch. It's a gut punch because you had the lead with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, right? Well, you were 17, 13, 17, 14, basically midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. To me, if you were 17, seven with like seven minutes left, and you had to punt and they had to go like 80 just to make it a one score game. That would have been like that to me is w- the, the shit that he takes for the Super Bowl. Like you lose, you're in control of the Super Bowl. This did not feel nearly as bad of a loss. Like in a vacuum, obviously the Super Bowl is a bigger game, but you know what I'm saying? I think part of it was it felt early. Like when you watch the Chiefs they game get, early, they were kicking the Bengals ass, destroying them early in the Niner game. It's like. Uh, they're pretty lucky this thing's 0-0. Zero, zero. They're pretty lucky this well, thing's 7 we looked at each other and we're like, how's it only 0-0? Zero, zero? Enormous win for the Niners. How do the Niners have the lead at halftime? Enormous win for the Niners. But one thing that was different this week, right, than week 18, and this, I, I, I they clearly have a strategy, right? They defer and they get the ball after yeah, half. Yeah. It didn't work. Well, even Papa was like, oh, he went tails this time. Because, <laughs> I, again, I was on the radio. Wait, no, he went heads this time, right? Usually goes tails. tails. And uh, Tim Ryan's like, I told you there were some wrinkles coming. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Was there a funny line on there? Uh, just uh, yeah, some people talking about the Raiders uh, in the stream, which which we'll get to today. Boy, Raiders really buried the lead, didn't they? <laughs> um, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, if, if you're the Bills, the old Bills, like the Marv Levy, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Daryl Tapp, uh, Andre Reed, uh, how many... More Bills can we name? Uh, Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. Thurman Thomas. Thurman. You drop um, uh, Bill Polian was a GM. Yeah, this is why he's in the Hall of Fame, guys. Not just the Colts. If you're those Daryl Talley. Uh, oh, yeah. I said Daryl Tapp. Yeah, he's a Niners assistant. Daryl Talley. Yeah, yeah Daryl Talley. Who's a little white guy that also played with Favre? Oh, the guy that... Uh, Don Beebe. Don Beebe knocked the ball out of... Uh, Don Beebe was Wes Welker before Wes Welker. Not Daryl Tapp. Thank you. <laughs> um, but if you're that team, Daryl Tapp was a wide nine guy. I, well, that's why. See, now it makes sense. We were see, at camp. You're like, there's Daryl Tapp. I'm like, that is not Daryl Talley. You're like, no, it's Daryl Tapp. And I'm yeah. like, does not look like Daryl Talley to me. You're like, yeah, yeah. I know. It's Daryl Tapp. And I'm like, Jim Washburn he guy. played for the Bills. <laughs> and Kasirik is a Jim Washburn guy. So all the wide nine guys are interconnected. So, okay. 
finally, keep in mind, John and I had this misunderstanding. Well, I had this misunderstanding in Niner camp this year, and I finally just figured out what it means. You thought anyway, Daryl Talley was uh, the Bills guy? Was I thought show? I thought I was looking at Daryl Tapp, and I'm like, that does not look like Daryl Tapp to me. But you convinced me. That's Daryl Tapp. And smaller guy. He's an undersized pass rusher. Uh, Steve Tasker. Good one, yeah. Anyway, with that team, like they went to three straight Super Bowls and lost. And then when they went to their fourth, it wasn't like, well, you know what? If your worst years are Super Bowl losses, that's cool. Right? Like yeah. you don't say that about them. That aside. Didn't they get beat by a couple last second field goals too? Yeah, I mean, they also had some blowouts. Yeah. Blowouts are easier to take. Thurman Thomas lost his helmet on the sideline. Think a blowout's easier to take? Uh, no. Well, I mean – I always say I'd rather lose like the way the Niners lost than get beat like 30 to seven and just be like miserable on your couch when it's fucking 25 to nothing. I go back to that alpha quote I read to start the thing like alphas. This is like, why do we play? like the competition at the end of the day is part of what you love? Like, yeah, because you, you're not devastated when you get your ass kicked. It's because all game long, you're like, just kind of embarrassed. Like you just you yeah. didn't. Anyway, well, actually, you didn't do anything because you're just a fan on the couch or talking it just about means it. you got disappointed earlier. That's yeah. all it means. We did lose three grand a day again. Let's because we, unlike some people, we put our money where our mouth. We, yeah. we we tell you what you we think. created it though. It wasn't like we just three grand out of our pocket. We had earned it. Did I almost screenshot our YouTube video that said the Chiefs should roll the Bengals and tweet that right as the Bengals were driving it to the end of the half? Yes. Would that have been my Brittany Mahomes moment? Yes. Did I do it? No. I might have had a tweet out there in the ether last night and after a couple cocktails. That said and- what? Someone asked something about the game today, and I said, like, Niners plus three and a half, Chiefs win easy, 0% chance Chiefs lose. That, something like that was yeah. in a tweet. Yeah. In a quoted tweet that was kind of going, a lot of people were coming back. Who day nation? I bet I bet old takes exposed was uh, – We were was, right. And throw the some Chief, bad body bags. We were right, and the Chiefs blew it for us. Okay, that's how I look at the game. But what I'm getting at is with the Bills comment, the circle back to that, is like – and we've talked about this with Shanahan all year early in the year. Like your your failure years, quote unquote, they, as your career goes on, they can't be, you know, like Sean Payton's failure years aren't five, six wins. Certainly like Mike Tomlin's failure years. If you're going to be 15, 20 years, one of the best coaches in the league, you know, the years you don't win the Super Bowl, you have, you should put yourself in well, position. This was an Andy Reid failure year, right? He was a two seeding loss. Yeah, I mean, I, partly I think he was a failure because I think he had the best, like his team should be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think the Rams sh- you know, I go back. I think I said really early the Rams should be in the Super Bowl, and then they lost a few games. I was like, oh, but pain. Like if you had said Chiefs Rams Super Bowl, I'd go. You know what? I would have liked for the Niners to be there. Hashtag business purposes, because then I'd be there. But um, yeah, you're gonna and buy Super Bowl tickets? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what what we we'll have with that a pencil? Oh, um, we would have won some cash today. But true. Rams Chiefs like, and multiple checkpoints of the season that would have made sense. This one would have felt like gravy. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that they were right there. I mean, they they had the lead. You cannot deny that they're going to have to prove that they can win these games. And I think Kyle has proven he's a fantastic coach. That's what I believe about him. Um, you know, I think time will tell. Can he now? The big question: Can he develop a quarterback? But if he does, you know, one of my tasks for this week, maybe for the next pod, is to do some math on combined head coach and quarterback age in the NFC. The premise being, I bet the Niners pretty young head coach, quarterback. What's that? I mean, Stafford's only a couple years younger than McVay, right? And McVay is several years younger than Kyle, right? So those two guys, I don't think Russ and uh, Pete are going to make the uh, top five on the list. But 
you know, that's going to be the next challenge for him. I thought getting to the NFC championship, this game, uh, game this year was, was good, but you know, you still got to, you beat Cal, you beat Sean six straight times, but McVay won the game in the playoffs. Well, when Brady retired, uh, I saw someone Biederman or I, hell, it could have been Jeff Darlington. I don't think it was him, but it was someone that tweeted that Tom Brady played more seasons in the NFL than Trey Lance has been on this earth. How did that become about Trey Lance? Because he's going to back Tom up next week? Yeah, it, well, it had to be a 49ers, someone of the 49ers. Just kind of putting it into perspective. Just make, like, just, just, yeah, I played 22 years in the league. Yeah. Well, again, retired. We, you know, we'll see. Yeah. T- Tom Brady Sr. Tom Brady Sr. I was listening to Seth Wickersham's book on, on a little drive today. And uh, used to talk a lot. Big talker, insurance salesman. When Tom was drafted, the sixth round pick, he signed a three year contract. It was $170,000. Money's gone up a lot because yeah. the minimum salary now is like eight hundred grand. Tom Brady Sr. Again, this is twenty years ago. Now Barry guy said, "Tom, you're still not making as much money as me." Tom was making some cash, you know, twenty years ago. I mean, probably two fifty, three hundred grand. You know, two thousand. That's a lot of money. I mean, Tom Sr. was taking him out to. Was he a member at? I think Olympic. The, or I think, Olympic the, at I Cal think Club. the family was a member at Olympic. Tom's family. I thought that's the I, way I but heard. I, I thought Tom Senior, when Tom Junior was a kid, yeah, they played was playing golf at Olympics. So yeah. Tom Senior was a member at Olympic. Yeah, but then I, there was the one thing when they were doing the alternate shot, and Brady took the putter and like hit the yeah because he yeah. wasn't getting into Olympic. Tom they were Brady at Olympic. Yeah, wasn't making NFL salary when he was twelve. No, yeah, they were. They were Tom Senior's doing good. Doing well. Tom Senior's a good business. Tom Junior was still coming back and sleeping in Tom Senior's house in his old bedroom. I know so. Tom Senior uh, met his wife just doing an insurance door to door. Yeah, I know he is a sales guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, I, I DM'd Wickersham like, you know, the coolest part about your book so far that I'm only into like his rookie year was learning about Tom's dad. Like that was kind of cool. I think the Tom stuff in that book, that book's really good. Uh, better, better safe than sorry. Uh, uh, better to be loved. Better, than to be fear. Fear. better to be feared. Better to be feared. Better yeah. to be feared. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good book. I haven't finished it. You know, time will tell. All yeah. my, my audible live. A lot of shit talking about like Belichick being like an academic curmudgeon is like kind of the way they describe yeah. him. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a fantastic book, but. Anyway, um, what else on the night? Because Kyle, you know, I think the one way he is described, you know, and I think Sean, today was a really, really good insight in the two of them. Just watch him kind of go. Like, I, I do think Sean can be a little more emotional than Kyle. I think Kyle would tell you, I don't know what he said after the game, but like his thought process. Kyle is not... Even even Andy, like he calls the wrong play sometimes because he gets pass happy. But you watch Andy on the side. He is not up and down. He is not freaking out. Sean's emotions, which is good, but it also gets him in trouble. Like one of Kyle's strengths is he's very, very even keel. Right? He calls wrong plays, but it's not because like, oh, uh, sometimes Sean gets like that. And, and part of it is just, I wonder if Sean will say if, if hopefully I don't want him to go away because I think he's great for obviously us and this matchup and this rivalry. Maybe it's just like he's still pretty young. <laughs> you know, we've heard Kyle talk like, you know, when I was assistant coach, I've learned a lot. Like, maybe it helps. You know, Sean was kind of just thrown into this. As a, like, he's, he's fucking our age. Like, I, yeah. I understand. Like, maybe he'll look back when he's 42. It's like I had to calm down a little bit. Yeah. I, I was. He feels like he tightens up a little bit. Yeah, I, I just feel like I, I think not tightened up. I, I think when you're immature is the wrong probably verb or word I'm using here. But I, I think sometimes when you let the emotions get the best of you, you're not thinking straight. And I think sometimes Sean gets so wound up, good and bad, because you see it. He's just like, oh, and, you know, he's it's he has a clear coaching advantage. And one, you know, thing that's going to be all week is like this guy came from Sean McVay's staff. 
Remember, like all the all the haters were like, "Who are you hiring, guys from Sean McVay?" Yeah, it's kind of a fucking good idea. Like Kyle, hire Kyle Sean McVay guys. It tends to work. Even Cliff Kingsbury, you know, Zach Taylor. Yeah, say yeah. what you want about Cliff Kingsbury. He did win eleven games, go to the playoffs this year, right? I mean, it's not like he he ain't Joe Judge. He ain't right. one of Belichick's guys. Like if you come from the McVay tree, hell, it's pretty good. So I, you know, one thing that just as the time goes on, like Kyle's personality is pretty set. And he had more reps at it. Like I, I do think Kyle or Sean's still kind of working through it. I think he's trying to probably calm down a little bit because you have to. When you're the play caller, like you have to be kind of in control. I think part of what we saw too was his their respect for one another. I think we see a lot, but the way that he used those challenges and in a kind of in a desperate fashion was pretty telling. I thought I mean, the second one it was, was weird ridiculous. because we both thought, God, he's moving the ball well. He's about to get the ball on this fourth down play. They're going to punt to him anyway. Why doesn't he use this challenge on the use check fumble? But he did, and it was crazy, and he lost his timeouts. Luckily for him, you know, his team was able to drive the field anyway and score. Oh, yeah, he challenged the use check play that he didn't even get, right? Yeah, he didn't get it, and then the Niners punted. Yeah, it was dumb. Um, but I think part of that is he's thinking like – Stafford one was dumb too just because like they don't ever overturn that play, do they? And I know it's easy to be like, well, if you just watch football, well, Sean's at a game every week. So he's not just like sitting back watching red zone he, like all of us. I know. But they never overturned that play. Well, his the tough part too, right, is he's looking at the replay. He thought live it was a bad spot. He's looking at the replay. We're looking at the replay on TV with the first down line and with the line of scrimmage line. It was clear there's not enough evidence there. I don't yeah. know. He, I think he really trusted his eyes on that one. I don't know if he trusted somebody in the booth on the second one, but they were bad. They were bad. And I think that's maybe one of the questions with him going into this game is like, you know, are they going to need to launch a comeback against the Bengals? Luckily for him at that time, they were only down, what, three? So they didn't ultimately need those timeouts. But they, um, they, they have, I think, like the Niners would, a pretty big advantage. The Bengals' pass rush. I mean, it's just like you can, I mean, your pass rush against the Bengals. Against the line, Bengals even shot today, yeah. the Chiefs were getting after his ass. They have more firepower, even the Chiefs. The Chiefs are kind of just one guy, 95, yeah. makes a lot. Like they got like four guys. I mean, they. You know, I, Vaughn didn't really totally notice him today, which is a good thing. I mean, it's a huge having Trent. I would imagine he noticed him a little bit more against some of the Bengals guys. Vaughn Miller has a chance to like a couple Super Bowls. Like it's he was already, you know, once he won Super Bowl MVP, this is a fucking pretty big him and Odell. All it takes Odell, is one play in a Super Odell Bowl. Odell Beckham and, and Vaughn Miller are gonna be Super Bowl champions. I know. Obviously, Vaughn Vaughn already is, but Odell remember was like, oh, he should have gone to Green Bay. Well, no, I think it's working out pretty good for him. Yeah. You think those two guys are gonna want to stay? Yeah. Or do you think you win a Super Bowl? Like if you're those guys, you got to cash your Vaughn, you go get paid one last time. Odell, to me, it'd be pretty, pretty good spot. Plus they pay. The Rams yeah, pay. Yeah, the cap doesn't impact them ever, huh? They have unlimited. They have the $700 million These are two cap. teams that don't have first rounders forever, it feels like. Um, Didn't Troy mention that? Yeah, well, he's, he was talking about the Rams specifically, but. Niners don't have him either, right? Yeah, I mean, the Niners don't have one in 23 either, right? It was, yeah. they lost the 21, they lost the 22, they lost the 23. So the, the, the pick they're giving up this year is 29. They'll have like seven compensatory picks though when they lose all their assistants. If coaches. I would have told Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch before they made the Trey Lance trade, would you give up pick 29 in your 2023 first round pick to be leading in the NFC Championship game this year in the second half? What would they have said? Yes. You just made me think of a good topic for this week too. In a heartbeat, right? Well, I mean, we can get into this later in the week. Did you think there were the Rams? I think we kind of talked about it already validated the Stafford trade coming into this game, just being in this game. 
Will they validate it or did today validate it? Uh, I will today validate it. I don't know if they were already validated. Validated now with this win. They I mean, look, win here, they're validated in this way. It was clear to me that Matt Stafford made them better and that Matthew Stafford was more than a stat patter before this game got played. Just right. based on the two playoff games or all season? Yeah, well, both. But I mean, definitely in the postseason. He's been awesome. So, like, if let's say Jimmy drives the field at the end of the game and the Niners win, like Stafford, I thought, played winning football, right? Yes. Even though we had the red zone interception. Well, Josh Allen lost the game last week and no one blamed Josh Allen. No, I, I think they were, val- you're right. They were, val- like, they were validated. They did the right thing. Um, uh, Making a note for the topic for later in the week. Well, Stafford going to be a Hall of Famer now? I mean, his stats are going to be. He's going to have a Super Bowl championship. The, it, it, the irony is the Super Bowl is going to pad the stats <laughs> for his his high. His, uh, That's true. Cooperstown. Cooper He's not a lot. I would say this though, like the Niners, if they would have made the Super Bowl, there's so many good topics. It would have been you know props, who can win Super Bowl MVP. The Niners Super Bowl MVP would have been hard. Like you would have been like, oh, Debo's going to be the heavy favorite, but like Kittle could have two touchdowns. You know, Bose could have three sacks. Like it, it could. The Rams. It's not a lock. Stafford is like the MVP right in that game. Even if he throws 300 yards, like if Cooper Cup could have a 12 catch, 200 yard game, boom, right? Aaron Donald could have two sacks, force a fumble. We saw, I mean, that Von Miller game, he picked it up, he forced a fumble and had a couple sacks. Yeah. Like you can, feels like Stafford will probably, he should get it. Like if you just think about how it goes right for them to win that game. But I could see other guys on that team being in the mix, starting yeah, with Joe Burrow, Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eli Apple. I got distracted by making a note about the great Trey Lance topic that I had that I'll probably hate on Tuesday when we do the next show. But uh, we're talking about McVay, Shanahan. I, Shanahan's by language, it turns out, doesn't change, right? No. Good or bad for the most no. part. That's, you just, that was one thing we talked are, about. You know, year. emotions are high after bad losses. You got to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that, that team. We'll have time to do a team retrospective. But. Well, the other thing, though, is guys, I mean, I did you see the reports this morning is the Minnesota Vikings are basically down to their final interviews. It's McVay's guy who's former quarterback, really good looking guy from uh, Kevin O'Connell. State. Yeah. Uh, and D'Amico Ryan's. Where's Harbaugh? Harbaugh feels more of like a, in the mix with the owner more than Quessy. Right. Feels like Quessy's got his two guys and then the Wolves, the Wolves are kind of forcing that one on them. Slash Jim is just like, hey, man, I don't really want your job. Can you help me get a you know, deal? A little maybe, leverage. Maybe they're friends. I don't know. Yeah. But D'Amico Ryan's, like, he leaves. That's – it would be very interesting. Now, there are some really good defensive coordinators out there, even though I think, again, what the – you know, Josh McDaniel's going to bring Wink. Martindale. But who knows? I mean, that, that feels like a Raider. Fast. He does feel like a Raider. Uh, is D'Amico is, is D'Amico coaching his last nighter game? Is that a topic for today or is that a topic for later in the week? Probably. I mean, we just got to see if he gets a job. Yeah. A stream on Monday when he, when he leaves. Maybe. It wouldn't totally shock you if he's announced the next head coach tomorrow, would it? Not after what they've done in the playoffs. What if Questy already knows and they already know? They've already interviewed him. Let's work with him. Did you see this? The rule, Kevin O'Connell, whatever the rule is, like he can't interview now till after the Super Bowl second time. It's kind of stupid. Interesting. I, I, I guess the good news for the view and Super Bowl guys. Yeah, I guess the good news for the Vikings is they've got their GM. So all their player evaluation stuff they can do. Who else is somebody else going to steal? Like. What's Balky doing right now? Yeah. So the Jags have an opening, right? The Giants have hired their coach. Did yeah. they? Yeah. Dable. Dable. Dolphins have not. Texans have not. 
<laughs> Texans have not. No, Texans are going to announce that one like McCown, like right before the kickoff. I, I, I don't. I don't think that's as crazy as people are acting like it is. Even though it is kind of crazy, Look, just because no, I, in the NBA, it's become much more normal. And I was thinking like, well, they did it with Steve Nash, and you're like, well, Steve Nash and Josh McCown aren't exactly parallels as players, right? Part of hiring Steve Nash was like, well, he's the smartest player ever as a pl- like MVPs. Steve Nash had been an NBA assistant. Let's not forget, kind of. No, he was like a you know he was on the Warriors airport yeah, staff. Yeah, he flew out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but he at least McCown retired last year. Yeah, but remember he did the thing with the Eagles during COVID where he was like their assistant kind of too, but backup slash backup quarterback. Yeah, but he was like they would fly him in. I think it's kind of crazy, but I'm very much for it because I think it's, it would be fascinating. It does feel like he's going to be their next head coach, right? Because that was their idea last year, and maybe- and how are they going to hire anybody else at this point? It feels like McCown's going to be their next head coach. So it's an uh, interesting group of guys. I mean, potentially D'Amico, McCown, McDaniels, uh, Dayball, pretty much the headliner, him and McDaniels, just because they are famous coordinators. Boom on the stream says Greg Papa said that interception might have been the worst drop, the, the, the tart play, worst drop in the history of the franchise. Interception drop. I do think I will, uh, here's what I was going to say earlier. I just remembered. Did Harbaugh have a successful 49 or tenure? Yes, he did. I'd say it's widely considered one of the best short runs in NFL history. Yeah, right? but it was a short run, a Super Bowl, another NFC championship game. It was an incredible 36 months. And even the fourth year, if you're around, it was just so powerful because he was so famous by then. But the three years of winning was sweet. My point is, and this is not like a hammer on camera, Kyle, but from an organizational standpoint, they've been really close now a lot. Five NFC championships guy in the last 11 years. Five. That's impressive. It is like, and I'm, and I believe this about Andy Reid as an Eagle. Like if you're in the game enough, you're, you will have the breakthrough. Andy's three and nine in this game. And and I think that makes him a successful coach, not a failure. You know, like the same way Tom Brady losing Super Bowls, but being in more is more impressive than Joe's four. Belichick's six and nine in the games or no, he's nine of 12. Belichick was nine and Belichick and Brady were nine of 12. Nine, so they're nine wins, three losses. Nine wins, three losses. That's that's very impressive. Yeah, you know, I I don't, um, but I do think at some point, like, might have been thirteen. I mean, it was a lot. These obviously. things are really hard. Yeah, the Bill, margins are really thin. But I would say Bill and Andy get there a lot. Yeah, just the Niners as an organization could use a breakthrough in these moments. And we just watched the season. Look how hard it was to get here. You know, very difficult. look how hard it was to get there in nineteen. It was really hard to get to the Super Bowl in nineteen. They had the lead. They didn't win it. So. Uh, you know, I do think if you're around the ball enough, but, you know, by the time they, let's say they're in the Super Bowl in two years, what happened in 19 has nothing to do with anything. What happened on January 30th, 2022 has nothing to do with Well, guy, when they were fighting for their lives, and I go back to the Tennessee game, when they lost that Tennessee game, and it felt like they might, we're starting to do all the scenarios, like what needs to happen, what needs to happen. It did not feel like at that moment, like, oh, he made the Super Bowl, though, a year, two years ago. It's like, listen, he misses this year. <laughs> right. It's all gravy. Right. But he did it. He got there. I, I think the last three weeks leading up to this week, if Greg Papa says one of the worst interceptions or the worst, I, you know, it's hard to tell. I, I don't know. I fucking not some history. No, no, not one of the worst interceptions. One of the worst dropped picks. Like, that's a catalog I'd like to see. Who has that list? Yeah, it, I would say the last three weeks – one of the better, you know, beside the five Super Bowls, one of the better three-week stretches of my life for 49er football. Was there a drop pick in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs? Uh, 
feels like there might have been. Do you agree with that though? Like, a, like, a like since the nineties, like that, that was three weeks. Rams beating the Cowboys, like you did, and sending their franchise into turmoil and potentially ending Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay. It was pretty unreal. Yeah, it's the way they beat the Packers. Also, I the think, way they to beat the Rams. Get to this, the way game, they beat the Rams. The way they beat the Rams. The Cowboy game, whatever. But it was the fact that it was the Cowboys. The way they beat the Packers, and then the fact that they had a week of this build up to the. I think that's one thing that gets forgotten. And it, it was technically, it felt like just be, it was luck because they rotate right. They didn't put this game, even though they they would have. It was the main event today. It felt like that. Yeah. Partly because although the Bengals know, stole, I mean, they actually stole sort of the, it kind of the first game, the AFC championship game elevated up to the NFC game as the game got played. If Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor end up being Belichick and Brady, it'll age a lot better. But it's like, I don't think most people, even people that like me and you that love Joe Burrow, just the Bengals, the colors. Now you could argue the Patriots back there kind of felt like that in 2001. Right. But I, something about the Bengals, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't quite, that felt more like a game like in late November. It did. Like that felt like the NFC championship. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, it's not fair. Like the Bengals won. They're going to the Super Bowl. It's an incredible accomplishment. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. That's fucking insanity. That is insane. If I would have told you that at the beginning of the season, not a soul would have believed anybody. You would have been laughed out of the room. With Joe Burrow coming off an ACL. Laughed out of the room. They're going to the Super Bowl. Going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but it did. It just felt uh, a little off. No, I the 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 last thing I want to say about the Niner. Well, I said I'm an NFC guy. Yeah, I know. Me too. Mm-hmm. We're we're for sure. Um, but the last thing about the Niner Ram game, I think what gets forgotten after a game gets played, understandably, like you move on to the next thing, and the game was the game. The week leading up to the game, the week leading up to Niners Rams NFC Championship game was pretty sweet. You know, I w- I saw a few of these like on Wednesday Thursday like. All right, the game could get here already. I usually don't feel that way, and I didn't feel that way this week. Like, ah, uh, let's just move the game up and get to it already. No, the buildup. It's why I love. I tweeted it today. I love pregame warmups. I love the anticipation of a game. Right, the hour leading up as the players are coming out, like all of that. And this is kind of your point on what the maybe Bengals Chiefs didn't have, partly because wrongly everyone thought the Chiefs were going to win, us included. But well, I mean, I was. Uh, no, okay. I, I, I came. Sure. Around. I came around. I came around. Uh, but I, I ran you $5,000 should put $5,000 <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, I, we are idiots for not doing that. You see the guy, I think the action network tweeted it out, put $200,000 right before the game on the chief's money line, <clears throat> or maybe when they were up 21, three and it paid out 10 grand. No <clears throat> paid out 10 grand. Wait, wait, he put how much on the chiefs when it was 21 to three, he live bet the chiefs $200,000 to win 12 grand or 10 grand. Are those bets even real? Who's who does that? Well, you can't because you can live bet it like minus one thousand. But who bets two hundred thousand dollars? That's somebody <clears throat> because who just I, because I, I do think cuts themselves. I, I think insane. Yeah, but I if you have an unlimited amount of money, where could like you feel confident just in a two hour period that you can just make ten grand on your money just like that? I wonder if you just look at it like you would bet on a stock. But the thing with football, and I would just say sports, it can turn on a dime. And the Bengals had literally just done it to the Chiefs two weeks before. Now at the same time, but it was twenty-one-three. I couldn't stand. They were kicking their ass. <laughs> Mahomes had three touchdown passes. No, I. Kelsey was like making guys miss, running over guys. Like this guy, Travis Kelsey looks like he's twenty-two years old. Ravel tweeted it. 
I do think, I, I mean, I think it happens probably. If you, it's crazy. But if you had a t- money, you would get bored. You just think like, I'll just make 20 grand here and there. Right. Just easy. Why, why would I, I mean, there's $10,000 sitting on my front stoop. I'm just going to pick it up. Exactly. Yeah. And then the chiefs imploded. And then you I, get burned. And it, I, I thought, look, over the course of the whole year, you remember there was some talk about his Mahomes, you know, his Mahomes, and he goes, Mahomes, his Mahomes. And I thought it was all pretty stupid. The same way I think some of these questions about, well, I thought it was pretty stupid. He, I, I put that game more on him than I did Andy Reid. He, that, that last pass <clears throat> at the end of the first half that he threw to Tyree Kill, one of the most insane passes I've ever seen. At the For, end of the first half. You have no timeouts. Now you could argue like, why did they design Tyree Kill right there? Have a quick pass into the Don't end Don't even zone. give him the option. No. Patrick Mahomes, after that pass, looked like a different human being. That's That was one of the worst half of footballs I've ever seen him play. Against, like, in a meaningful game yeah. against a good team. Yeah, they look rattled that they were in the game. Terrible. They, they look, look like front. They look like front runners. They look today of the four teams by far the team that just imploded. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? Those 360s in the pocket, like... I'm a biggest Mahomes guy as there is beside like his family and Andy and some of the staff members. But what does he do with the 360 stuff? You can't be doing the 360 stuff in the pocket. And it got him a couple times at the end. Lost yards. What are you doing? It felt like he was not playing free. Like, I don't want to be too, you know, 1950s columnist here, but I thought he kept trying to make, I thought that specific, those specific situations we're an example of a player trying to make perfect plays. I agree. And he just, the Tyree kill play, and then the whole, he just refused to take layups. Basic stuff. Now, again, I, you know, we have to see the L22. What was he looking at? But, I mean, take the three, just take four yards and slide. I agree. And they were, I mean, Burrow would, Bur, Joe Burrow outplayed Patrick Mahomes, right? In the second half, for sure. When yeah. it mattered. Yeah. But, but you just get more credit for what happens in the second half. He outplayed him. He outplayed him, for sure. And unlike, I think one of the sideline reporters even Joe Burrow said, had a pretty legendary day. I thought just watching him like, holy fuck. Well, one of the sideline reporters even said like Andy Reid's message to the team. Like, you know, we were here a few weeks ago. Don't let it happen again. Like, remember up, being up. Said that a half. Well, that's what the rep- the sideline reporter said. It crazy. seems like a crazy thing that he would. I, well, I could see him just like, hey, guys, we've done. We've been in this spot before. Yeah. Let's lock Don't in, let it happen again. Focused, pedal to the metal. Just keep just keep doing what we're doing. But remember, this team came back like. We got to stay focused here. I bet he, they talked about that during the week. Like, show these guys proper respect. And they did. They came out. It was like, God damn, the Chiefs look good. Yeah. I kept thinking like the Rams and the Niners. <laughs> you know, Don't want to play them. <laughs> no. That's that's an insane result, guy. The Bengals won. I, I wasn't just tweeting the troll or anything. I thought to every ounce of my being, and let's face it, you anyone talking do. shit does believe that the Bengals were going to lose the game. And then they're up. Killing them. How good did Mahomes look early in that game? Just like, dude, 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 dude. They lost. They lost the game. It all, to me, it all switched that final play of the first half. That that fucking rattled them. Well, they looked, because the rest of the game, the way Klosky Tart looked after he dropped the pick. Yeah, and even, didn't Troy even mention, it's like, it's hard to like, you know, you got to forget that play. It is hard because you're thinking like, did I just ruin it? Like, I bet Tart is just unconsolable in the locker room. And again, I what does any coach say? It's not on one player. It's not on one play. The Niners didn't lose it on that play. That's where, to me, if that pick would have happened with two minutes left, was that on the final drive? The Tart play? Yeah. No, the Tart play came before the... Their game-winning uh, drive? Yeah, the Tart play came on the game-tying drive. Well... <laughs> 
That would have been pretty big. But they easily could have punted it right back. There were six minutes to go. That was that was the drive where they they had the third the third and long screenplay that McVay did my bad. It was that drive. But they still they still tied tied the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big that's a big that's a big moment. Six there was uh six forty nine left in the game when he kicked that game time. Well he doesn't have any timeouts. Seventeen fourteen. So you get the pick. He has no timeouts. Then if you're the Niners, now you get one first down, that's forty, eighty, one twenty. You're talking two hundred and forty seconds. Right? You get to the math. Right? You're talking several minutes. Right. Now maybe the Niners go three and out and punt, but maybe not. We well, get the ball. He's definitely probably running it three times, right? Because they have no time. And then you, here's the other thing: it feels like that was a first down play, first or second down play. Yeah, that feels like a gut punch to the Rams. Didn't he get the first down the next play? The next play was the Odell Beckham thirty yard play plus the penalty. That was a killer swing there, guy. Yeah. So maybe you know it sounds a little hyperbolic. I mean, I just because who knows? I mean, why tittle days? You're telling me like. Ronnie didn't drop a pick in some of the, I mean, they, Montana, they, they didn't win every year for 20 years. They lost a lot in the playoffs. Yeah. They had moments like they lost, they've lost this game before, even before Harbaugh. Like they, they have lost Steve Young lost Bill, Bill Walsh lost. They, they lost in, in games there. There had to be moments, but the more I think about it, they're up three, no timeouts, <laughs> pretty big swing. One, one first down guy you're talking, then they get the ball back. Let's say four minutes to go, down three. And you're down three. It's a pretty big deal because the next play, the more I think about it is. <laughs> well, they don't, they're not on the plane going, well, at least we're in the Chiefs today. No. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> now, Burrow, I, I do think, here's a prediction, storyline prediction for 2022 football season. Like, are the Chiefs going to have a hangover after the way they just lost that game? That's, I'm, I don't know if they will or won't, but that's going to be one of the storylines next year. Yeah. Are the Chiefs coming back with a vengeance? Have the Chiefs just lost a little a little juice since they lost the Super? Like, what's up with them? Because they kind of... Well, then are the Bills storyline more positive than theirs? Yeah, like... Why? Because Josh Allen's sitting there going, that should be us. Now I see how close we were. But they... 13 seconds, they allowed a field goal. I know, but to me, they they have not been at the mountaintop yet before, and I think that's part of it. Like, the Chiefs have won the they're championship. They're still clawing. And, and I think if you're the Chiefs, you're like... Man, we could have like three championships by now. Yeah, and you know how hard it is. Well, because we de- if we just beat Brady at home, we beat the Rams that year. We don't. I mean, last year they got their ass kicked. But you're right. They they could have. We already got two. We're playing for a third. At minimum, we're just playing for our second, and we're going to be the favorite. Well, I re- the Chiefs also already kind of mail in some games over the course of the regular season. Yeah, they got a basketball vibe to them. So I think that's whereas the Bills I think are going to. But have but I but I also think the basketball vibe comes when you're when you throw the ball a lot. <laughs> Like they just don't ever just take it. That running the that's ball true. takes a deep breath. That's, and that's true. just he's not going to run the ball. Like we have enough evidence. He's calling plays like he's calling plays, and sometimes it really bites you. When and part of it, and I thought this today, when you're going to let your quarterback cook, sometimes he burns down the kitchen. And Andy's thing is like I I think part of where the pushback on Russell Wilson cooking is because everyone's not. We all agree Patrick Mahomes is better than Russell. But it's like Andy just lets him be like, just fucking do you, man. Now, he calls some big plays for him, but he also lets him play with an outside of the construct of the offense. But sometimes when you do that, when you get really off, it looked. I've never seen anything quite like that today. That was crazy. I haven't seen it. It was jawing to watch. Yeah, because you kept thinking he'd snap out of it because Joe just played much more under control. Burrow is really under control. Joe Burrow under control. I, I mentioned this to you today, but watching the Montana doc. If I had to comp Joe Burrow, it would be Joe Montana. Feels like Joe Montana was a better athlete at the same age. 
probably not as good an arm at the same age as Burrow. So I was Burrow's on, you know, old film looked not bad. But Frank Alaco said Joe was throwing lollipops <laughs> that Frank De, Frank DeBerg had a better arm. Frank DeBerg? Steve DeBerg. Steve DeBerg. I was mixing up Frank DeFord and Steve DeBerg. But I love it too when there's ever like a backup quarterback on like a famous team. And then if you're watching like the documentary play out <clears throat> or just like the way football usually works, that guy usually ends up starting for a really, I mean, it happens with like Glennon's and this, it happens with all court. Like it's going to happen with Jimmy. Like Jimmy will just, DeBerg a couple years later is on the Bucks. You know, you just you're just on these other teams, and, and it's uh, always like DeBerg in the th- in the doc. He's like, you know, the truth is, Joe is better than me. <laughs> so I was just glad. I was just happy to be there. It was a great experience for my life. Glad to be friends with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if Jimmy I, will talk like that when he's on like the Texans section. I think Burrow has, I think, similar physical skill set. Again, I say this as someone who did not watch. You know, the Joe Montana mostly that I've watched, like you, documentary, born in 1985, is like the highlights on the doc. I think he kind of talks like Montana. I think they've got the same kind of comfortable with all of their teammates, leaders, kind of uh, what would be the word? Like just kind of sneaky, sneaky, really fun guys probably to be around. Like yeah. very normal with everybody. See his outfit today? I think his outfit was incredible. They kind of actually have the same face when they like talk to the media. They don't take themselves too seriously. I watched the other day this YouTube video. They're like good looking guys, but they're not like stunningly good looking. <laughs> but like their personality makes them endearing. Yeah. I watched this video the day on YouTube called Joe Burrow's Funniest Moments. It's it's funny. Like it's really funny. Like even like LSU too. Yeah, it's just like interviews, PF, uh, uh, you know, pardon my take interviews, LSU press conferences, just press conference quotes, just random. Inter- it's just. Joe Burrow being funny or Joe Burrow's funniest moments, whatever it's called. No one doesn't enjoy being video. a friend with Joe Burrow. I think Joe and now Joe's in the Super Bowl year two. I like I think Montana and Burrow. I think now I, the other doc takeaway I had was I'm calling Montana goat 1.0 and and Brady goat two from now on. I'm not because I think Montana West Coast offense. That thing came first. When you come first, I think you deserve you just deserve a little extra when you did it first. I would say this. If Burrow wins a Super Bowl. He'd have an argument like, I just beat Patrick Mahomes. I have a fucking Super Bowl, too. Yeah, and then he beat the Rams in L.A. Like, what, what do you guys want? And not just now, like he, he wouldn't even talk like that, but like that would be a conversation. Like, But also remember, the Niners were kind of losers when Mulch and Montana, when Montana showed up. The Bengals just won a championship with the Bengals. Like, like Romo or Nance said, like they had the worst record in the league. And they're the Bengals. But I, I, Mike, they have been winning over the last 20 But they years. have not been Super Bowl contenders. No. Well, they never won a playoff game. So, uh, I, like, I think Burrow. Guy, again, they had never won a road playoff game in the history of the franchise till this year. That's right. A text had never been sent. And they've now won two. No, no. That was the last time they won a playoff, oh, a playoff game. game. Right, they right. had never won a road playoff game in the history of the franchise. Because they had home field. Yeah, a couple times. Now they have been to Super Bowls in the 80s. They, they have been to two Super Bowls. Like, have the Vikings ever been to a Super Bowl? At least not like, I guess, yeah, the Raiders beat them, but not since then, like the 80s, the 90s. So the the Bengals went in 81 and 88. But I mean, they did a, I think Boomer was like, you know, probably considered a top six, seven quarterback in the NFL. They had a Walsh guy. Yeah. They clearly had some good players. You see Icky, whatever his name is. Woods. Yeah, he was was on the field, uh, you know, after the Rams game. Oh, no, 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 the Bengals Bengals game. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're Burrow's going to be one of the big stories of the week, without question. Was well, two weeks, two weeks, yeah, two weeks. Uh, deep drive by Castellano, <laughs> Cincinnati, right? <laughs> Tom Brenneman, Reds. I mean, think about it. That's Cincinnati's having a pretty good football year. Their college team got to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Do the Reds Reds make the playoffs this year? It doesn't feel like it. Uh, they don't. Yeah, I mean the two football teams made the made the playoffs. One made the Super Bowl. The other played Alabama. Fuck, it's a hell of a Cincinnati football year. And if you you know haven't been there, it's not the Nipper Stadium's kind of in town, but they're both kind of around. I, really? I bet. I would imagine that, Cincinnati, I remember. that like uh, what's his name, the head coach for the Bearcats has like been to a Bengal practice, right? Luke Fickle. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a close knit community. I don't think it's that big. Joe is just. I also had the thought today, and again, I'm not trying to talk shit about the Bengals, but like, God, the NFL would really wish that guy was on like the Giants or something. Yeah, the Jets. Just a, a team that really matters. Now you could, we'll find out. Like, is the power of the NFL? I do think that. I think that division. I think that division helps. Well, he does play. Th- I don't know about the Browns quite there, but but I think the Brown the Browns are good TV. Like the Browns, yeah. the stadium feels sweet. It's cold. They, they play care about games. football. The They're tough. Fans. Their coach is good. Yeah, I think that division's awesome, Ravens and I think the Ravens Steelers are headliners. I think it elevates the Bengals, and I think the Bengals are just going to play in a bunch of big games and just kind of you know, especially if they win a championship, which John, they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, it's like the, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks don't matter until they get Giannis, and then they're cool. Who, who has the better quarterback in the Super Bowl? It's a good. We're gonna about to find out. Yeah, I think the Bengals do, but doesn't mean they're gonna win. I uh, would say the way Stafford's played these three games has been pretty good. I thought he was pretty good today. I mean, I the one pass today I was agree. pretty bad, but I agree. He's earned my respect these three weeks. He's been I, awesome. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I mean, we could probably talk about the Bengals and Chiefs for a while, but Josh McDaniels got hired today. We could talk about that this week. Actually, we should be talking about it this week. But Mark Davis decided to shoehorn that bad boy in 15 minutes before the kickoff of the Bengals-Chiefs game, um, which in and of itself is a topic. I guess Dave uh, Zieger got a fi- Ziegler. Ziegler got officially hired today. Josh, as of this recording, has not officially been announced. but Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they're just not going to do it officially because they wanted to give him some – like, we're going to totally blow it. It was more of an fuck you to the league. I, I do wonder – did you see this thing went – I saw Josh Dubow retweeted it because McAfee did this thing. Dubow tweeted out the stats of the Belichick guys. Once last week, it kind of felt like there's some Josh McDaniels thing might happen. Their record was almost in the point three, right? It was like four zero one or four eleven. You know, all the seven guys that have been hired under Belichick, and they had made a combined five playoff appearances. Bill has Bill O'Brien has four of the five, so it's like you know, I would say Bill O'Brien is a big outlier to the group, right? Patricia, Mangini, Cornell. Judge Flores is good, but like clearly he was an asshole. People hated him. I, I talked to someone in the NFL that said very close to some people there. They're like, this guy, he was he was an asshole in that building. Like the reason he got run out was not he can coach. People despise the guy. So Josh McDaniels, <clears throat> I don't know. I I think it's very, very risky. No one argues he's been one of the better offensive coordinators, right, in the league. He, when he was hired from the Denver Broncos, he was coming off as he was known as like Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. Remember, it was like his personality. Now, I saw the Patriots retweeted something or they tweeted something. They talked to him for like an, uh, 10 minutes, him and his wife and his kids makes him come off very, very normal. And I know Patriot people think very highly of Josh. Like he's a very impressive guy. But when he ran the show now, I had a, someone DM me. He's like, you know. You keep shitting on Josh. Like Josh can't grow. He's like, well, you know, you guys sound way different than you did eight years ago when you guys did a radio show now on the podcast. Or what? You know, people improve one hundred percent. But it's like there is a level. Like if they hired Jim Harbaugh, and I was told that, that like one thing that Mark Davis was uncomfortable with Jim, and I, I do get this. 
and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, like John Gruden was bigger than the Raiders and he didn't like that. And Jim, even though I do think it's a little different, would have been immediately bigger than the Raiders. Like Jim Harbaugh is just the biggest thing the Raiders would have by far. And, but I'd say the difference of John Gruden and Jim Harbaugh, you hire Jim Harbaugh, you are guaranteed to win. Now I don't mean a Super Bowl. I just mean, I would be floored if next year you don't have nine or 10 wins. It would be a shock yeah. with Josh. Like I, you could, I, I don't, I have no clue. Do you like, do you have any feel for like, no, I bet it's going to put it together. Good staff. It's going to look good. They have some players on the roster clearly, but like, what's your Raider prediction? Like, I don't know. Like what's Josh McDaniels look like as a head coach. So I think it's a good hire. And I think it's going to be, I don't good. think it's bad. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, I'm, I'm just saying there's a, there is a huge level of risk when you factor in the Patriot guy and then his own little history. For sure. I think one thing that Josh McDaniels has that none of the other bill guys have. How, he, how old is he? Like 43 years old. He's not even that old. Yeah. Cause you get that first job at what? 30, 31 or yeah. something. One thing that he has that none of the other guys have Mangini got two NFL jobs, but Mangini's second NFL job came shortly after his first NFL job. Right. He, next year. Mangini yeah. does not have a lot of time to reevaluate. And if, if you probably haven't gotten to the point in the book yet, um, the Seth Wickersham book, it's better to be feared. There's a lot of Mangini in there. 45. Four, he's 45 years old. Okay. Because yeah. he was 31 th- in 08 when he was hired, right? So that's what, like 13 years ago? One of the things with Mangini was <clears throat> he could not figure out as hard as he tried, and he tried to break kind of the habits that he got as a Bill guy, just how to interact with the media. He used to, Mangini would go through fake press conferences with the head of PR for the, the Browns, was the second job, right? Jets, then Browns. He'd go through these fake press conferences with the PR guy. And like the goal of it was just to try and loosen up and just not be the guy that he'd become. And he couldn't do it. Could not do it. Even though people say he actually, because if you hear him on a coward or whatever, he's actually more normal than you think. Um, he just couldn't. Mike Tannenbaum, remember when you're just saying he couldn't break the mold? He just, he like had the, my my words, felt like Hannah had the yips. He was trying to break out of that mold. Yeah. It's not that he was consciously trying to not be Bill. And was struggling with it. So nobody has left Bill and come back and then left Bill again as a head coach, right? We talked about this the other day. Uh, Patricia came back, but, you know, Charlie Weiss never came back. Cornell never came back. Mangini obviously never came back. Who do you think their back. next OC is? I bet it's Billy O, don't you think? Feels like, yeah, Bill O'Brien would probably rather be there than with Saban. He'd be miserable either way. Might as well be miserable in the NFL. But um, I think Josh, I think Josh is viewed from people I've talked to, and I'm sure you have to around the league, and I'm not breaking any news here, as a fantastic offensive coordinator, like well, one of the best it. in the league. We've, we've seen it. it. Yeah. I think they're going to be – now, the question is, can they be as good on defense? I think they'll be better on offense than they were this year. This year was a mess offensively for them. Yeah. I think they're going to be better on offense. Can they be as good on defense? I think it's going to be good. Now, I thought Harbaugh was coming too, and I think that would have been a win. But I also think that it's possible – we'll see what this version of Josh is like. If he's a changed guy, it might be better for the Raiders – just organizationally, because the one thing with Jim is Jim, you know, the, the Michigan's an outlier with Harbaugh. Harbaugh is usually not seven, eight years extensions. His other two jobs were not that way. Stanford was not that way. Once they got rolling, the Niners, obviously it blew up and people at Stanford don't miss them. And the Niners don't miss them. Like, I just mean, like, if you talk to the people, I don't miss working with Jim. I'm not saying Jim was unrisky. I'm yeah, just saying, it I, I'm just saying I think Josh has a chance to Josh has a chance to just be a little more stable. And from that standpoint, I think it's a really good hire. I I think Josh, clearly the Colts were going to give him a second shot. That situation was weird. Josh was going to get a second shot or be the next head coach of the Patriots. So he was getting another shot. 
I, I think it's like if you're Derek Carr, it's potentially. Well, I, I got an elephant in the room for you. Josh McDaniels spent all this time basically with New England, and then this year with Mac Jones. Yeah. Tom Brady never made a lot of money. Mac Jones was a rookie contract. Part of Derek's contract is like Josh McDaniels is going to pay him forty million dollars. Yeah. He's going to want a forty million dollar quarterback who's proven nothing. Trade him to the Patriots. No, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm Josh, can I just play this year out before I extend you? Like, what? Why am I in a rush to extend you to a? Well, why would you, Why would Josh pay him right now? He wouldn't. I don't think. Right? Not at four. At, wouldn't you be? I mean, it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Unless think, he I, just I thinks. Not. He just has never been around that situation. Forty million dollar quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's been. A, yeah, he's been around. But you would say this, Brady. Never was paid 40. He was treated like a 40. But my point is that I'm just talking about independently. They were able to build better teams with the money. Like Josh would be like, yeah, but he coached offenses with guys that, I mean, he did have He's Yeah. He's had some pretty good players, but when you just pay a guy this 40 million dollars, am, am I off of 40 million is like, what's the going rate? I yeah. don't know. Cause but I think the they 20, would say, let me hit free agency. The 2020 Patriots had offensive skill guys as if their quarterback was being paid $40 million was not very good. No, we 100%. But my, the, do you expect Derek Carr to get a historic contract extension this year with Josh McDaniels? To me, the only way it happens if, it's, if Josh is adamant, this guy is a star. Yeah. But if you're Josh McDaniels, why would you do that before you've had a chance to work with the guy? I don't think you would. And Mark Davis isn't probably dying to do it. Is Derek holding out? Here's the other coach? thing. Now, I, you know, Dante wants really do 30 it? a year. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's not playing with a $40 million quarterback then. Well, that's $70 million for two guys. Kevin Durant and James Harden? I mean, maybe he would. I, look, here's the other thing that works against Derek from that standpoint, like the Josh McDaniels has in his back pocket. Josh probably said, don't you think Josh at Mark Davis? Hey, man, I've seen Derek say this thing, like he would never play for anybody else. Like, do you believe him? Because if so, if you believe him, we do not have to extend him this offseason. Yeah. Let's put that bad boy to the test. I think just extending a guy at max money before you're comfortable that he's a max player even though he clearly would get max money from other teams. But we saw him in a playoff game this year. He spiked the ball and he didn't throw it in the end zone. And again, like that b- one bad lone moment, I'm not judging the guy's whole career. I think he's a good starting quarterback. But like Dak Prescott, I I don't like Dak Prescott at $40 million. And I get it's the going rate. It limits their team. Paying Derek Carr $40 million to me is just not good team building. It's just simply not. Well, don't you think Josh kind of falls in the Shanahan category? I'm not trying to count the guy's fucking pockets either. I'm not even trying to talk shit. I just think he's a $25 million quarterback. Not the guy's pockets. That's always something like, why do you care about his pockets? I'm just talking about building your roster when you pay a guy max money for that's you know the ninth best quarterback. I would say the only guys you really feel very good about this paying huge money are the top four or five guys. I never understand people who say that. Well, in a salary, well, I get it in like Major League Baseball. I don't care. I don't. I don't ever get it. I mean, I get where you're coming from. Like, don't worry about his money. Just let him live. I get that. But uh, again, like fans, we and fans, we come at the game from, you know, everyone wants to be a GM. But in baseball, it literally doesn't matter, right? Well, it does matter in the sense that like it matters to the owner how much money you're paying a guy. So let's not act like we're living in this fantasy world where how much money you pay a guy doesn't matter. But the big teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, and even the Giants, if they want, they can just cut guys. Like, Yeah, but but again, like you're telling me even the the richest owner doesn't go, eh, uh, 400 million, here you go, without thinking about like, is this player worth it? Is it going to pencil from like a TV standpoint? Is that why we're doing this? So I never understand the like pocket watching thing because – this is how we we talk about building teams and fantasy matters a lot. It's part of the fun of the game. So, yeah, the salary is part of the player evaluation. 
the player making $20 million and the player making $40 million do not get evaluated the same way. Yeah. Well, don't you agree that Derek this year at $20 million felt like such a good player because of his value as money? If I said $40 million, it's just not the same. I would not have looked at him the same if he was making $42 million. No, but you would pay an extra $20 million if I told you that guy can get you to the conference championship game. Yeah, but it's like you – Because well, my point being like at a certain point, even your $20 million quarterback is like, what's the good of a bargain if I can't win a championship? Yeah. Right. Well, again, like I would say like, that when I'm saying tw- with a salary cap going up, paying Derek Carr $28 million, good deal. But I'm telling amazing you – Amazing like, deal. They're going to want $41 million because that's just the going rate, and he would get that. If he just hit, if he was a free agency, agent this yeah. year, he would get forty plus million dollars a year. But guys aren't free quarterbacks; don't become free agents. No, they don't. It, I, I'm just going to be fascinated to see how Josh does the money with his quarterback because I think he's going to want to coach Derek Carr. He has a quarterback ready made to better than he's coached in two years. What do you mean? Well, Derek's better than Dak, uh, better than Mac. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's better than uh, and Cam and Cam. But Cam last year was making a million dollars, and Mac this year was a 15th overall pick, making right. no money. Yeah. And that was a reason they could fuck. What? Build up their offensive line, their tight ends. I wonder if if Josh thought that Mac Jones was like the future, if he would have just stayed in New England. Hasn't part of it been, I, well, 100%. I also think you, you just, Josh McDaniels, like one thing about him going back, <clears throat> remember one of the stories like, Bill's going to be more open with him. He's going to teach him the ways. Wasn't it? Remember that story? It was like, yeah. Bill... Part of it was like, yeah, they paid Josh like $5 million a year to be the well, offensive coordinator. Right. Part of it's bill is doesn't involve anybody in anything. When bill was going to teach Josh. Yeah. And, and I would imagine it does feel like their relationship was a little different always than some of these other guys. I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong. The Josh and Bill, part of it because Josh and Tom, it just felt like Josh was and on I, a different I think the evidence the is there coaches. that they were different because, again, guys don't come back for the most part. 100%. I, I just would imagine. Joe Judge. Bill's like one thing in that book and it's just like the defining principle of Bill Walsh, who Bill Belichick is basically the small northeastern curmudgeon version of. You do not overpay for guys that aren't max players. And like Derek's a really good player. He's like a fringe pro bowler, but he's not a max guy. You, The Cowboys literally just did it and everyone lost their mind. They paid Dak what? And we all like Dak. Good player. And if uh, every team would take Dak. If the Cowboys were paying Dak $26 million, it would be awesome. They're paying him fucking forty. 40. I think it's going to be fascinating what he does with the quarterback financially. Yeah, I agree. Okay. It's enough of that. I mean, there's time for that, but yeah, uh, you're right. Here's a, here's a hype. Can I ask you a hypothetical that needs to be asked today? Can't wait another day. Okay. If you were Kyle Shanahan, would you look into Tom Brady on Monday morning? Uh, well, do you see Chris Mortensen's report about if you wanted Sean Payton, you had to trade for him? Yeah. Like, Ultimately, if you want Tom Brady, they own his rights. Right. So you'd have to trade for him. But they need a quarterback. And I think they would do what Tom wants. Like if if Tom said to to the Bucs, I'm either going to retire or you guys. What I would like is for you guys to trade me. He wouldn't have to say I'm either going to retire. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo is the opposite of a quarterback that built Bruce Aaron. No, it's true. It's true. So maybe you trade him another. You trade him some picks. But I'm just saying if if Tom said to Jason Light, Jason, I'm going to play another year, but I'm going to need you to trade me to the 49ers. I think that Jason Light would say, okay, Tom. Like they're not, they're not, they don't have, they don't get to treat Tom the way the Patriots get to treat. I, I don't know if I feel 100% that good about that. He would just make him retire or keep his rights. It's ultimately the NFL. Yeah. And I mean, it's like Brady Trent and Kraft, they do some stuff. Yeah. Just fuck you. What, and I doubt it. I, it does feel like they like each other a lot. Um, You're right. You don't have to do it that way. Yeah. That's just my guess. Do you think if he wanted, he would want that? 
Tom? Yeah. Well, if you told me Tom, do I think he would want that? I think he would want to play for the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. I think that he, I think winning the championship two years ago probably satisfied him. And he gave it one more run because why not? He feels so good. I think winning without and I Bill. Think he, I think he knows Bill probably against seven. Right. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. And he definitely get Nate. So at worst case scenario, Bill upsets the world and gets his seventh. Is he going to go win eight? No. Tom doesn't want to lose. Tom, if, he, if he pushes, I think he could sleep at night, but he doesn't want to lose. I, I think winning without Bill really satisfied him. And he gave it one more year. And I think you and, and I. Good. For, for, and by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, not watching the YouTube, we did on Saturday a, a video about Tom. So we've got Tom takes that are up. And part of that video was we expect him to retire. Yeah. We think that this, you know, ESPN has stood by the Darlington Schefter report, and that's what we expect. But, you know, with another year on his contract, they would have his rights. I, I don't know. I wonder if you would, if you're Kyle, if you just poke around a little bit, what's up? Yeah, I mean, I would I would take Tom Brady over Trey Lance next year 100% as my starting quarterback. And it's like, well, okay, so Trey Lance sits, but he gets to play with Tom Brady. Yeah, you 100% do that. Little, be a little weird. But Tom is such a big upgrade over Jimmy. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, but you're right. He's not a buck. Like Derek Carr's a buck. Derek Carr's a, what I mean is Derek Carr's a Bruce Arians quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is not. Tom going to Vegas? No, I'm just saying if Josh wanted to move on from front, well, that's an easier trade for them. It is an easier trade. AFC NFC makes it makes a lot more sense for the Bucks. But is Tom, well, why is Tom doing? Why is Tom going to play for Josh McDaniels instead of just staying in Tampa? Why does Tom want to get to me? The only reason Tom wants to get traded to Niners is because yeah, he was at the catch game and grew up a Niner fan. Yeah. But Josh is a guy. I feel like they're like best friends, doesn't it? Or very close. I mean, you're right. It could, but it's, I mean, Arians lets him do what he wants. But does he even like Arians at this point? I think Arians holds him back. Yeah. A little loosey goosey. Uh, Brady want to relocate his family again after he's won a seventh, says Brandon on the stream. Fair question. Because part of the reason everyone thinks he's retiring as a family. Right. Yeah. He's going to uproot Giselle, move her out here. You know, could yeah. stay at the parents' house. He was making 200 grand, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> His bedroom is still there. Yeah. So I'd imagine they've upgraded houses. I think they obviously he still lives here. Tom Sr. Tom Sr. Yeah, clearly. I mean, he still plays at the Cow Club, doesn't he? <laughs> they got pretty good, you know. I'm just taking a moment to, as we finish off this podcast, to probably finish with the Niners Rams game again. I, I don't, not that I have another take that I need to get in, but, you know, it's just, it was a remarkable last three weeks. It was. You and I talked about this a lot from a from like the podcast standpoint. If you had said, "All right, you get all but two weeks of the season," you would take that every year, every year. But then you get there and you go, "Well, I mean, it's not being greedy. You're you're there at that point. You might as well go all the way." Good thing is, like Seattle doesn't have the first round pick either. The the NFC West isn't really loaded with first round picks, right? Seattle Niners. And the Rams, no first round picks. Think about that. It's crazy. <laughs> it's how you compete in the NFC. You just fucking throw haymakers. He's got uh, couple couple comments to get to here. Dave says Greg Papa's had some brutal losses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe it's him. Never won Super Bowl. Uh, Wade says, sleeper best pod, do this all week, fellas, leading up to the Super Bowl. And Austin says, going to miss the daily YouTube streams, ham vacation time. Th this, I would say Greg Papa's, this is not 
this loss isn't as bad as the tuck rule. The tuck rule? No. And, and the Super Bowl. I agree with that. Uh, or the Niners, of the, the Niners Super Bowl, you're saying? Yeah, or some of the beatdowns he witnessed with Dennis Allen. Um, He's got some low moments. Yeah, yeah. You take this over. Like Greg's seen the lowest of the NFL. You take this every day of the week, 50 times on Sunday afternoon, over going 2-14. and 14. Yeah. <laughs> how, how about the uh, the comment there about daily streams? I kind of feel like I'm not ready for the for quote unquote. I mean, there to be clear, there is not an off season on this show. We're not going to use that word. No. It's the O from here on out. That is the O O O O word, and we don't use it. What's that off, off season? season? Oh yeah, we'll probably have to use it a few more times just to <laughs> hammer this. Home. I don't know where you're going there with the O word, but <laughs> we can stream tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like we should kind of just keep streaming, see how it goes. People keep coming, we'll stream. Uh, Al says Jimmy G bidding starts now. Capital N, capital O, capital W. I think, you know, I've gone back and forth. Bidding might be strong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's true. It probably doesn't start now, now, because you got all these new coaches. Right. That it's gonna, need to, to me, out. it's it's we're going to have a podcast that's dedicated to this because there's going to be a huge story about this in the next month. Right. Yeah. And I would say it starts the you. I like that's a good idea. Probably mid-February. What's just going to be a story. But I mean, the idea of like a Jimmy G value show. Yeah. Just Jimmy G show. We wear suits. Um, Brandon Hill on the stream says the third and two where they put Trent Williams in motion and then tried to trick it up with the pitch to juice was a really bad decision. I agree. It's a strong take right there. I, I appreciate um, just a simple um, uh, Marianovich 86 is Jay middle, a backwards hat kind, kind of guy. We'll see. Here's the thing. Tell the story. Well, when you don't have hair, I can do whatever I want. I don't fall in the same category as backward hat guy with hair. You just, why? Don't. What's the difference? Well, I'm fucking bald. But what does that have to do with whether the, what does that have to do with anything? I just allowed to put things on my head. Like you, you're you, saying is your point is that because you're bald, a hat backwards, does protect your head and serves a purpose. I'm just saying I don't fall under the same rules as hat guy with hair. But I, just to, I don't understand why. Because I don't have fucking hair. I but I don't get what's on my head. Like you have, you just get to do your hair. Like I just have nothing. Like I just, it's nothing. But I should, I could say I can wear a backwards hat with hair because sometimes my hair is messed up and I just put the hat and, on. And I, I don't judge that either. But like, you know, Collins, <laughs> the take, Romo. but he actually has changed. Like, I just think bald guys just, I would say, consistently wear hats. More. Well, I would actually say this. I, I don't think, think Colin should have changed his take because he just said that people, but he's right. Like society changes. And I agree just, with that. But my point is fitted backward hat guy is different than snapback backward hat guy. Snapback backward hat, cooler, fitted backward hat, weird. I would say just snap, snap backward hat guy. Just snapbacks are just much more in vogue these last couple of years. Yeah. Kind of cool. yeah. Kind of like beards. Fitted used to be like. Okay, it's so hard to get a fitted. Part of it was like baseball is really cool when we were kids. Griffey. With Griff, you know the Griffey yeah. story? No. Griffey did not wear a backwards hat because it was cool. Griffey wore a backwards hat because it was his dad's hat and it was too big for his head, like as a kid. Oh. So he put it on because, you know, if it's too big, it comes over your eyes if the brim is forward. So you flip it around. But my point with backwards hat for a bald guy is that it's still protecting your head. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I just, our, our rules with our head are just different than your rules, is my point. I just, that's just a fact. Speaking of ball guys, we got because you're you'd be lazy without putting something in your hair, right? Well, it for takes me, some effort. Like, yeah, it takes some effort. I mean, two seconds to go like this. Well, I gotta like for me, like, I gotta shave. Like I'm just not feeling shaving. Okay. Yeah. Because you mean, can't have a cold sack in your mid thirties. Uh, uh-huh. 
I de- about eight teams will give at least a first for Jimmy. Don't be blinded by your hate, says HR. Big idiot says, I long for the day that we can stop debating Jimmy's value. Um, uh, uh, okay, Brian Dable and Nathaniel Hackett got – see, this is the reason you wear that hat backwards. It's because the brim makes you look like Joe Torre. I know. Funky. It's weird. Those imperial hats are cool, but they got like a weird top. The, the next ham hats will not be as cool as those hats are. Um, Nathaniel Hackett. I watched his press conference. The new coach of the Broncos. Yeah. No notes. Extremely enthusiastic. Very likable. Guy, he was a neurobiology major at UC Davis. He's very intelligent. Like it's, he, but not just intelligent. He's I know he's, he's an energy guy. But it's like when you hear when I heard his major at UC Davis. When I heard his major, I went, I get why Aaron. Like, were they just intellectually? Uh, Aaron separate from that. the tournament. Yeah, his personality. I bet a lot of players around that guy. If you're into that kind of vibe, because he's, I would say he's the opposite of like Kyle. I mean, he's a very just always going to be happy, high energy. Yeah, not that Kyle's not you know energetic, but it just could probably be a little more negative. His disposition is a little more positive. Nathaniel Hackett's. Yeah, kind of McVeigh. I would say a little bit. Yeah, I also think he's in the category, man. Like I think guys, not always. I said this to my dad the other day. I'm like, you know, I got a theory that kids of coaches just. It's like when you start learning the piano at eight, it just comes a lot more naturally to you yeah. and you can add levels. And he, my dad goes, well, do you think Rex and Rob Ryan would have been head coaches if not for their dad? And I'm like, well, he, not, he didn't say head coaches, but football coaches, Rob was not. And I'm like, yeah, probably not a good point. If Buddy Ryan was not a coach, Rex probably wouldn't have become a head coach. So it's not always, I think the more intellectual guys like the Shanahan type. Um, and obviously Hackett was on the Bill Walsh tree. One thing he said is that he brought his dad to a training camp practice when he was a young coach. <laughs> At the, uh, with the Jets? Um, it was the Bills. Bill, yeah, Bills. So, you, yeah, he just he let so it. had him watch him and coach his, him. His dad never became a head coach in the NFL. I know. Well, his dad's resume is long. Yeah. Story. Moved around a lot. Uh, was on the Raiders. Turns out the Habermans bought their house in Davis from Papa Hackett. But he had been gone for a long time. Yeah, so they sold the house. I guess so. Nathaniel's. I heard this story this way. I didn't tell you this. Nathaniel's younger brother. Nathaniel has a younger brother. Yeah. Who's had a kid that went to the same school as one of my sisters. Dropped my sister off at the house and, and told my parents like, "Hey, I used to live in this house." I guess it became a house where like they just a bunch of football players lived in this house for a wow. long period of time. Oh, he would rent it out. He'd rent it out to like gotcha. football to football guys. So we got to talk to Nathaniel Hackett at some point and I'll show him a picture of the house and say, do you know this house? Well, you see that, like, he, he, I think he took a lot of pride in the UC Davis thing. Like, that's a big he deal did. in his life. He right? did. It's been a big yeah. deal in his family. It's a big deal. This just reminds me, I got it. You just remind me, I got a DM. I got to read real quick here before, and then we can. From uh, Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> no, from Nick King, UC Davis guy. He said, he tweeted a photo or he sent me this tweet that Dan Hawkins had proud of UC Davis alums, Green Bay Packers, Nathaniel Hackett. Rams Ejiro Evero. Ram, I guess Rams have a guy named Ejiro Evero who's a, a UC Davis guy. And Niners operations manager Michael Slap for going deep in the postseason. 1P. He says, always appreciate the Davis shout shout-outs on the pod. Gotta call out another Davis alum, my guy Mike Slap. He was the guy that had to deal with the Arizona nightmare during COVID for the 49ers last year, one of Shani's right-hand guys. So shout out to Mike Slap, UC, UC Davis, Davis. I would like to have Mike Slap on the pod. I would love to talk to Mike Slap. We could talk about Froggy, Senior Froggies, and the grad. Yeah, Davis guys are smart. Like, that's Kyle Shannon's right-hand guy in his operations. His oper- yeah. So, thanks for that. Uh, Nick, I think it's Nick. Shout that out is cool. Nick for that. Uh, and Fall Hawkins, maybe on Twitter. That would have been a good little nugget. 
Yeah, Mike, I didn't. I wasn't laugh. following either. But Mike's laugh probably not happy right now. Uh, all right. So thanks for hanging, everybody. Good pod. Big week ahead. Yeah. Keep an eye on the YouTube page. We will have, I guess, the return of mailbags is probably around the corner. So go to iTunes, leave the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast a review, a five star question, uh, and yeah, ask us a question. And we gotta, I think, um, we gotta start pushing this uh, shave it or save it now that uh, oh, football yeah. season. We gotta get back. We had something there, and we lost momentum with it. Trey, Trey, <laughs> uh, what was the one you said the other day? Tibbs. Oh Tim my Thibodeau? god! I mean, he just—it's already gone. Like he didn't say it. Just like it's gone. Terrible, uh, awful look. Yeah, but he doesn't even give a shit. So it's like at a certain age too. It's like wow, he's single millionaire. He doesn't care. Uh, hit that like button if you guys are here. Thanks for hanging with us. Share the podcast. Uh, no, oh no, oh, oh oh. We just continue on. This week is no different than a game week. We did it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.